0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: I'll never remember these things. Morning! I've just tweeted a picture of Rupert reading the news. I didn't tell him, actually. Luckily, it doesn't make any noise when it does it. Because he's going skiing next week. He's going skiing. How flash is that? But when he comes back, we'll have a new studio. Because this weekend, they're going to they're rip the studio out. So what I'm, I'm going to take another picture. I'll get Sam to take a picture of the studio uh, at about half past four. And then we can sort of do it, do it from the other side so you can see what he, he looks at. Not, not the best shot it has to be said, but I mean, it's, it's as good as you're going to get at this time of the morning. And then because next week, then we'll have a brand new studio. It'll, it's being completely redone. So I'm, I'm quite excited by it, because we haven't had a new studio since we moved in, so that was some years ago. Some, you know, we've had different bits of embellishment, but this is going to be all brand new, so very excited about that. Anyway, I trust you well. I was right yesterday, and I, I did tweet that I was thinking of running as a tribute to the late Michael Winner. We're thinking of rerunning him on In Conversation this Sunday, and we are, so we're going to hang on to Paul McKenna. So if if you're a little fatty and you want to get thin, you have, have to wait another week for the gastric band, and it'll be Sarah Millican as well. So we've cut down the Michael Winner interview from an hour to twenty minutes, and the, and so funny. When I say so funny, what do we talk about in this interview? He talks about doing his will. He t- <laughs> we talk about all these things. We've had to take it all out, all those references to him passing on and stuff like that, because as you know, he left us on Monday. And he was—he was such a—he was a sweetie. I don't care what anybody says about him. Anybody who ever met him would actually tell you that what, there was a lot of bluff and bravado, and there was a lot of you know ooh, this toing and froing. But underneath it all, he was really lovely. So we're going to run that as a as a bit of a tribute to him this coming Sunday. Sarah Milliken and then Michael Winner. So that's being that's being put together even as we speak. Uh, there will be, Many of you have heard it already before, and I know you've downloaded it because it's got some really good downloads, but it's for those people who maybe haven't heard it before, so you get a chance to hear it this weekend. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, then there were the Joanna Lumley comments, which made the papers, which managed to get uh, the phone lines ringing for Duncan, Duncan's programme overnight. I have to be honest, we've, we look out the windows. I mean, I, I came in this morning. It, you look around, you think, where is a policeman when you need one? The usual bunch of drunk reprobates. Young, upwardly mobile young men, probably aged about 18, 19, who were throwing themselves onto the planters outside uh, in the, the road that leads into the square here. They've just spent a small fortune putting these big troughs in, which are beautifully made, with hedging in, and they were throwing themselves on top of them because they were drunk you know and you're looking around for a policeman thinking why can't we arrest these people and charge them with criminal damage it just drives me insane it's all the dr- and then we're looking at them out the window the club from next door and you know and you think is that going to be a fight over there is like they're just all drunks but again there were the girls dressed what i call inappropriately it it does make it difficult as joanna lumley says you know why cannot girls go out have a nice time without getting drunk, throwing up over themselves. I told you, I came into the square, when was it? Less than six weeks ago, there is a girl, practically naked, underneath the cashpoint machine, drunk out of her mind. And people walking past were just sort of looking at probably with pity. Unfortunately, there is the chance that somebody who maybe doesn't walk past and keep going might attack her. You don't know. You know, if somebody is that drunk, people take advantage of them. Unfortunately, even around here and in London. It happens all over the country. And the only thing I would say is, in anybody's defence, rape can never be justified in anybody. But can you imagine, you come from a country where women are covered top to toe... You just see nothing apart from two little eyes peering out. You don't see anything at all. So you come to London, or you go to any of the cities, and there are girls walking around in practically nothing. Practically, I mean, almost naked. I should imagine if you come from a country that is very strict on its religion, and you come here, you must think you've wandered into hell on earth. You know, these girls are the lowest of the low, you must be thinking, because where you come from, there are people there. And that's why we get people up in court. You get people up in court on charges of, of attacking people because they 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 can't quite equate the fact that where they come from, people are all covered up. They come here and they're practically they're practically prostitutes. They're walking around with nothing on. It's not a rant. I'm just sort of saying. I mean, we, we do. I mean, I watch them at various clubs in London. You look at what they're wearing. and You think, do you really want to wear that? I don't. I don't deny anybody the right to wear what they want to, but I mean, some of them, it just it sends out the wrong messages. To people there'll be some people of limited intelligence who might be looking at them thinking well if that's the way they behave they might have only seen that on on television or in clubs where people gyrate round poles but then that's what they do for an act isn't it you don't expect them to come outside and start behaving like that but we saw drunk women outside at one point one of the blokes slapped around the face and you think <laughs> you know it's because you're a drunk you know try and curb the drinking Try and get over yourself. Anyway, leave that to one side. So, I've told you about Michael Winner, which is good news. We'll run him on Sunday for In Conversation. There will be the free podcast. I've got so many things to do today. It was going to be a fairly light day today. I was going to go out for, for breakfast with, uh, with Uncle Rob, which I'm still doing. And then I was going for a nice cup of tea at the Ivy Club with my friend Jonathan Levi. And then they phoned me yesterday and said, listen, Jeremy Irons is in town. Do you want to do him for In Conversation? I went, yeah. So then immediately you have to start sending out text messages left, right and centre to people saying, right, we now have to change the time of this. So so the cup of tea is now, has now been pushed forwards a little bit because we've got Jeremy Irons coming in at ten, which is the time I would have been sitting in the Ivy Club with Jonathan. So we're going to manage that hopefully later, provided everybody turns up on time, and you'll hear that probably uh, next week. probably be next week on the programme. And then there's the Jordan story. Oh, no, actually, before the Jordan story, there's the ball boy story. The ball boy uh, who's... This is the one from yesterday that got everybody going. I don't profess to know anything about football. All I know is a ball boy is employed, you know, if he's got a brain, to pick up the ball when it goes offside and throw it back into into play again. That's what they're supposed to do. You don't roll on top of it unless you're a complete ninny. And this one's a complete ninny. But in the light of people who write obscenities on the internet, uh, he's had death threats. In fact, one of them, somebody said, this is Liam Andrew 14 who writes, I'm going to slit your throat, you little so-and-so. And And you think to yourself, I think the police need to go round and arrest this person and find out exactly who they are. One of the here, so-and-so deserves to get a proper kicking. That would give him a reason to roll about. These people are quite mentally sick. Anybody who writes anything like that, we know he was an idiot. We know he was a prat. We know that the whole thing was just, just ridiculous. But he's now got death threats. I mean, if I was the police, I'd be investigating that one immediately. Taking them into custody. Let's have them named and shamed. Let's find out exactly what little scrote writes something like that to somebody that they don't know. They know nothing about him. Nothing at all. You know, is it a Chelsea fan? We don't know. You know, does Liam Andrew exist? Is he 14 years old? If so, he should be taken into youth custody. You can't write stuff like that and get away with it. You absolutely cannot. It only goes... In, in keeping with everything that Jane Moore said the other day and uh, and a few other people who have been on the receiving end of some of these internet trolls, get them into court, get them banged up as quick as possible, name and shame simple as that, and then there's Katie Price and Katie Price, one of my favorite topics, everybody's favorite drag queen on the front of the sun this morning, My moon from l yes, here she is moaning again, so she pitched I mean she looks God she looks so old. <laughs> Which, apart from the fact, Duncan said she looks fat. He didn't use the word fat, did he? He used something else. can't remember what he said about her. What did he say about her? Chunky, that's right, chunky. It's another word for fat. I mean, her ridiculous breasts, her face, which is so Botox. I mean, she just looks old. I mean, I'm surprised she found anybody to marry her, but there again, you know, doesn't matter, does it really, I suppose, if you think about it. Anyway, so she, on the advice of her friend, Michelle Eaton... You remember Michelle Eaton, don't you? Michelle Eaton was in a little band called... Well, whatever they were called. Was it Liberty X? Thank God they disbanded. Best thing that ever happened. Anyway, Michelle Eaton has been in the news recently, but she's a friend of Katie Price. Katie Price ain't got many friends. And so Michelle Eaton recommended Sandals. Now, Sandals have come in for a bit of bad publicity over the years. When they first started, it was a resort for... (coughs) (coughs) for couples. It was a resort that was meant to be all romantic. Although, to be honest with you, if you're loved up, why you'd want to sit in a restaurant full of other drippy-eyed people? I can't imagine. But they sort of sold it as being a romantic place. The only romance you're going to find is on a private desert island all by yourself. So, anyway, uh, and then they used to put on their adverts, you know, sandals for couples, not same-sex couples. They didn't want gay couples at sandals, a fear it might upset the clientele. And some of the countries Sandals was based at, they didn't want that kind of thing at all. Then they had to backtrack when it started going horribly wrong for them. And Sandals, I'd say, no, 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 that's OK, we welcome same-sex couples. We'd rather they didn't, but anyway, if they must, they must, as long as they don't frighten the horses, just before they appear in Beef Burgers. So, so she goes out there to Sandals. This is a woman who's got apparently 35 million quid, and she goes to Sandals. You know, can't you afford anything else, dear? Is that, is that how low-rent you are? That's for ordinary people like us. It's not for millionaire superstars like you, dear. But anyway, she goes out there for one of their wedding packages because, you know, she, like, doesn't want to do it in the papers because she did that with Pete and she's decided this one's going to be low-key. Anyway, so she, she, she gets the services of a butler, and she says, uh, is there a private beach where I can sunbathe? And you think, you're a sandal. Where do you think you are? You're a you're a package holiday, you buffoon. So anyway, so the they, the person goes, no, uh, there isn't, and said, um, and and said, oh, well, are you somebody famous then? Are you a porn star? Well, of course, she was furious. But there again. You know, she has sort of sold every bit of her tatty, overused body. We had the Dane Bowers porno tape. Admittedly, though, you couldn't actually class her as a porn star because, you know, she was just really a little little bit tacky and naff. And so she came back and all she's done is slag off sandals. You know, she was upset. But, you know, you get what you pay for. Ask for a private beach. I'm sorry, love, but what are all these other people here? Are you famous? We don't know who you are. You're just sort of some over-made-up, blousy old thing who chose to get married at Sandals. You know, which has lots of, lots of very successful weddings. They have lots of people who obviously go there and enjoy that kind of thing. Not for everybody. But there again, some people like cruising, some people don't. In this particular case, she came back, the pictures had ugly skyscrapers on, the sunbeds were plastic, their wedding tent looked like it came out of B&Q, and the atmosphere was more 1830 than Royal. Model Ke says, uh, Sandals, my... And then she swears because she's... I mean, she's quite cleared too low rent. It would have been easier to shove her on a caravan site in Bridlington. She'd have been happier doing that. There's no point sending her out to Sandals. You can imagine the people they get... I'm sorry. Oh, God, she's pitched up. But anyway, Sandals. Sandals have said, that as a gesture of goodwill, we are willing to offer her a refund. So that's brilliant, isn't it? The re, She's going to get the refund. However, there's a condition... She does not choose our resorts for any future weddings or stays. In other words, they don't want the old bag Katie Price there again because she's lowering the tone of practically everywhere she goes, I'm afraid.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. So we've just taken a picture which we've just, uh, we've just put up on, on Twitter. The last one in the studio, I did. I mean, obviously, it was taken by had to be taken by Sam, so it's got me in it. Quite a good picture, actually. I don't look thin, but there you go, kind of everything. And it's taken Friday morning, so if you can, you can see that on at Steve Allen Show. Good, is it? I'm quite impressed by that. So, so we've got a picture of Duncan. Oh, sorry, of uh, of Rupert reading the news. and you've got a picture of me in the studio as well, because the next one that we take on Monday, the studio will look completely different. Comple- as you can see, it is a myriad of of uh, of LBC logos and. And just about everything, actually. It's just, I'm, just, I'm just having a quick look at it, just so I can refresh what's... I've seen loads of pictures of the studio over the, uh, over the years. So what you're looking at is... Those headphones somehow look right. Make me look like a Martian, these headphones, don't they? Perhaps I shouldn't have worn them. I might have to take another one later. And there's microphones everywhere. Microphones everywhere. But it's, uh, it's a nice picture. So thank you very much indeed for that one. And that's just gone out on... Twitter. The other thing I asked you yesterday was whether anybody had watched the National Television Awards and whether you could confirm or deny that Kimberly Walsh was not giving of her best performance when she sang "One Day I'll Fly Away." Well, I tell you, I've never seen, (laughs) never had so many people who've been sending twitters in saying it was terrible, it was (laughs) absolutely awful. She just she couldn't do the song, and that's that was the problem. That she's not a great singer. She's a good singer, but she's not a great singer. And if you're going to tackle a song, like, one day I'll fly away, which has been done to perfection by somebody else. Anything else is going to sound... Le- never, never tackle a song that somebody has nailed and made their own. OK? That's the, that's the advice, if you're thinking of going... Actually, enough who did I speak to yesterday? Oh! Um, one of my uh, friends at one of our sister stations went out to a, a charity dinner the other night and said, I was sitting next to... Somebody said, I, I don't know if you you saw them on The X Factor, Kai... Kai Soans. I said, yes, I was with Kai at the Royal Variety Port. She went, no! I said, yes. It's amazing, isn't it? You sort of bump into people all over the place. 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Katie Price in her column today has has gone, uh, has gone overboard about sandals. Dream wedding venue, I won't wear it, sandals. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, are you famous, Kieran? I love this, this sort of exchange. Are you famous? And Kieran said yes. Only your own mind, I'm afraid. We were so paranoid by the end of the trip, we didn't even want to eat in our honeymoon dinner in the hotel restaurant. Uh, when we told staff we were going to stay in our room, we were told to look at the room service menu. Well, seems fair enough. You're going to stay in your room, look at the room service menu. It's supposed to be a romantic time. But mind you, romantic if it was first time round, Kate. Unfortunately, not fourth or fifth time round. Nobody's particularly interested, are they? And so she's not. Uh, she's not happy with the whole thing. So she's. She's. She says nothing will ruin. Nothing will ruin the happiness I found with Kieran. She's only known him six weeks. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, you have to laugh. And she says, "I, I was planning an undercover TV series on sham wedding package holidays." Yeah, but nobody'd be buying that. Were you presenting it? Love would they? She says, "All I did. The whole. I was so stressed. I came home with a cold sore." I guess some of you will say that's what you get for marrying quickly, but it doesn't excuse Sandals' behaviour. The moral of this story is, kiss goodbye to any plans you have for a dream wedding at Sandals. The next important date I have with them will be in court. And then, and then Sandals then Jenny said, to sue us? We're giving you money back, dear. Just don't come near our place ever again. You've cheapened it. Because thousands of people get married at Sandals. Of course, she would be the one exception, wouldn't she? The one person who has the, has the bad experience. Sorry, do you have a private beach so I can sunbathe? No, dear, we don't. Are you famous, then? Can't, can't you sunbathe with other people? I don't know, poor little soul. Uh, what? Oh, Nicola Roberts has been signed up. You know Nicola Roberts, that's the pale one from Girls Aloud. The one who sort of tried to launch a fashion career, and that didn't, that didn't kind of work. Anyway, she's been signed up to promote a colour by Dulux. Well, it's exciting, isn't it? One day a dog, the next minute Nicola Roberts. So now she's promoting this colour, and it's called Indigo Night. Sounds like the sort of film you'd watch on catch-up on Channel 4, doesn't really? Tonight, Indigo Night. Which is good. It's a nice little earner. She goes alongside her makeup range, her TV work, very limited, uh, and what she learned from the band's reunion tour. She got her skin painted with the stuff too. Oh dear. aren't <laughs> you, once desperado, always desperado, I'm afraid. So a lot of people are putting this stuff on. Katie Holmes is trying to improve her complexion with snail slime. I don't know whether or not you'd heard of this before. It's apparently some new sort of um, face cream. And uh, they say last year was very hard for Katie. Yes, it was. Really so, so difficult when, you, you know, your marriage splits up and it's awful and it's, they're all going to melt because nobody can cope with things at all. And so now they're going to this, apparently, um, the reason that they discovered snail mucus is because Chilean farm workers picking snails from crops notice their hands getting smoother. Have you ever heard of such a pile of crock of old what's-it? Have you ever heard anything like it? I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, 84850. Chris says, I love the comments about Katie Price. She'd be better off at old boots rather than sandals. Well, it's, you know, she's supposed to have all this money, and yet she's obviously as tight as anything. She she can't, the trouble is she can't go anywhere upmarket because they don't want her. They 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 wouldn't want her, so she's got to pick somewhere where she can go there. I mean, nobody knows who she is abroad. She's only known here, private beach, so she can sunbathe. Why don't you just stay in your room, dear? But anyway, it gave her something to moan about, so... Of course, the rest of us laugh like drains, which I couldn't really care less. Couldn't really care less. Uh, Mark says... Oh, yes, this is from my mother's life. Ever had one of those strange dreams? Recently, I dreamt I was eating a marshmallow... Yes, we've had the old... But, you know, I mean, that is the oldest gag. Under the I woke up the pillow had vanished. I dreamt about one of my next-door neighbours last night. Very I woke up in a cold sweat. I've, I've, I don't generally dream about people that I know. It's like, you know, sometimes there might be somebody at work occasionally. You no, know, it hasn't happened for ages, you know, like years. Just in case anybody gets any ideas around here of suing or rushing off to HR. Steve Allen said he'd had a dream about me last night. And, and I dreamt about one of my neighbours, and it was quite vivid... It was one of those sort of vivid dreams where, I've, for some reason... And yeah, you can never remember when you wake up after your dream. And I woke up, and all I remember is, it was like a hotel foyer. And I had no clothes on. I mean, it, I mean, you know, it's, it's not good, is it? I mean, it's, it's not, not a happy thought, I'm afraid, at all. So I've got no idea where that one was going. But I was quite glad I woke up. Woke up, as I say, sweating profusely, thinking we ought to go down that road again. Hate it if I bump into them later on today. Uh, 84850... Uh, Katie Price should get shares in my big fat gypsy wedding. It's the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing. Once hotels discover that it's a traveler wedding, they don't want them. They don't know how to behave. Katie Price doesn't know how to behave. You can't take her to anywhere that's class because she doesn't understand that. She doesn't know how to behave in company. It's she thinks everybody's against her. She wants to put the you know everything right. You know, people have been saying this, and nobody gives a stuff about her. I don't remember anybody ever coming up to me on the street and going, "Oh, we do worry about Katie Price's wedding." Nobody ever worries about that at all, do they? There's a lovely picture of a lowland gorilla who, getting in a bit of a flap because of a swarm of butterflies. A swarm of butterflies, which is OK. Thank goodness they weren't bees or something like that. And there's a bacon butty containing edible gold. has gone on to sale. It's called the Bacon Bling and it was created by Paul Phillips at Tangbury's Coffee House in Cheltenham. He hopes the diners will splash out as the treat is being sold in aid of Kids and Solder, Soldiers Charity. It's got seven rashers of bacon from rare breed pigs. <clears throat> not that it makes the slightest difference whether they're rare breed... Bacon is bacon, let me tell you. Well, actually, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. The bacon I'm getting from, from Sandys is very nice at the moment. I had some more last night. Delicious. And uh, it's also got sliced truffles, saffron and a sprinkling of gold dust. And it's 150 quid. Well, you can eat, you can eat gold. We know that it's thin enough to eat, and not not whether it's got any special properties. I've got no idea. Dancing on ice uh, buffoon Sylvain Longchambon has apparently spoken out about the dreary old Jennifer Metcalf. He said, "I've done nothing wrong." Of course, he hasn't. Of course, he hasn't. I mean, to be honest with you, he's he's now going out with uh, Samir. And he finished with Jennifer, and I'm not at all surprised what a bore she turned out to be. What a dullard. You know, the moment the uh, the relationship finished, oh, this, oh, that, and th- oh, shut up, you silly woman. Nobody cares about you. And then she said the other day, oh, I'm not sure whether I can go to the National Television Awards. I might bump into Samir. You think, well, don't go to them then. Don't bleat on about it. Listen, somebody finishes with you because quite clearly you're rubbish and you're dull and boring. You know, get over yourself. Go find somebody else. He's found somebody quite quickly. In fact, he must have fallen out with you. Because generally, if you fall out with somebody, you don't pick up somebody immediately, do you? Didn't waste it, but I've discovered any of these dancers, their hormones were all over the place. Brendan Cole used to regularly be sort of flirting outrageously. I mean, it, it was OK when Brendan Cole flirted with the dancers, because that was funny. Whenever whenever Tony Beak did it, Anton Dubeck, uh, but Tony Beak, really, we know what his real name is, you know, it just looked a bit creepy, didn't it? Because many of the people he was dancing with were very old some of them, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't sort of actually crumble into dust before his very eyes. Uh, they're, they're, they're dropping, only briefly, though, on celebrity juice, Fern Cotton, because I'm assuming she's taking time out to have a baby with a person she's not married to, which is great. You know, I, I love these, uh, these single women. You know, very independent, fantastic. Nice to know the kid will have two names on the blooming birth certificate. So that's good. And At least she's earning a bit of money from her, her frocks, which is good news. The bad news is they're bringing in Kelly Brook. Now you remember poor old Kelly Brook, who was dropped from the big breakfast because she was so dumb. I mean, she was so dumb. In fact, they had to change the auto cue for her. A friend of mine was working on the show. She couldn't read words on the auto cue, so she'd sit there and stumble over everything, and it became became a little bit embarrassing. It looks great. Don't get me wrong. Looks fantastic, but but there's not that's not really enough, is it? Not really enough. Nice picture of Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. The hosts of the morning pretended to be asleep behind the sofa at the start of yesterday's show, which is great, so they did very well indeed. Do you know, so far, I get so worried. Eamon Holmes hasn't been given an award. You know, by now, surely, you know... The uh, the bloke who's eaten most of the furniture could actually have been given something like biggest appetite, biggest gut, cleverest use of clothing in studios. He has everything made specially, I think. He must do, because he manages to cover the weight quite well. But when he first started, you look at him when he first started appearing on television with Princess Tippy Toes, who turned in and morphed into Anthea Turner. He was actually quite slim with hair and dark, and now he's just... <laughs> enormous. Enormous. Uh, Hollywood star Hilary Swank will appear with Brenda Blethyn in a new drama about two women who lose their sons to malaria. Oh, there's a laugh a minute, isn't it? That'll be a comedy, I should imagine. The stuff they come up with now. Two women who lose their sons to malaria. We go, oh, that'll be great. I'll be looking forward to that. Russell Grant, our favourite astrologer, says he had a massive psychic flash during filming for Ruth Jones's comedy Stella. He has a cameo role... In opening a talling, tanning salon, he says, when filming, I had a massive psychic flash. She was about to get some important work-wise in America. And lo and behold, Fox have said they're going to make a pilot of Gavin and Stacy, which is good news. Stella airs tonight at 9pm. We loved her. We thought she was great. Great, great, great. Uh, other stories from the papers still to come. Uh, every saying it's a bit of a fiddle on Big Brother, I'm afraid. Because it looks like Ryland's going to win. The reason is, I think Channel 5 have got him lined up for a show, so that'll be seen by nobody. They've also signed up the other two boring people, the, the, the two Americans. But, of course, uh, they've, they've changed the rules on Big Brother, which is what they do if they're, they're not really bothered about you. They couldn't give a stuff about you, the audience. They're more interested in whether Ryland can actually come out of the house every Sunday to go and rehearse for The X Factor. I wouldn't have thought there'd be any need for rehearsal. He's quite amateurish as it is. It's its 430 30.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. Everybody agrees about Katie Price. (laughs) You take Michelle Heaton's advice on where to go, you get what you deserve. You know, I mean, fancy sort of pushing your weight around at Sandals. Loads of people go there and have a very nice time. Uh, Unfortunately for Katie Price and how we laughed. Uh, it wasn't as exciting as we thought it was. But then looking at the picture on the front of the sun this morning, she would be looking at that picture going, God, I look gross. She really looks rough. I mean, if you're housebound, you'd probably think she looks great. But then, if you've seen it in the flesh, and I've seen it in the flesh, whew, ooh, dear, not nice at all. Uh, 84850, uk. i was just wondering, actually, what some of the other stories were in the papers. Apart from this, this ball boy, who we know is an idiot, but to get death threats from people, internet trolls, there's the the really... I mean, you couldn't have made this story up. It's a dad who drowned, okay, in his car. The picture is on the front of the Daily Mirror today um, because it ploughed into a river, went upside down. He was out with his daughter, who gets on the phone and says, quick, my dad's trapped in the car. Blow me down. Moments, he, he was upside down. His wife's car came along and she was in the car with her son and her car flipped over and also ended up in the river. David Cox... And His girl Tess were on a school run, followed by Ruth and son Ion, when they crashed at Buxton in Derbyshire. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the the odds of that happening must—I wouldn't even like to think about it. The boy, uh, you know, was sort of sort of getting all upset and everything else. But both mum and dad—why they couldn't have put both in the in the car to get there? Why that? Perhaps they went to t- two different schools. I don't know. But what a tragedy! What an absolute tragedy. And when you look at this snow, they've obviously got loads of snow in the rest of the country. I mean, down here, we've got nothing. Apart from, uh, as you're driving on the 316, you can have a look at Richmond. And it's the remnants of the snowmen who are dying slowly. But the huge balls that people have have made up are actually out there. And they're they're getting smaller by the day. But they're the only things. A Field of Green, and then there's a few sort of isolated, dying snowmen or snowwomen. Uh, 84850. A-listers, uh, often spend Christmas in the Caribbean, but I've never heard of any of them spending it in sandals. Yes, I mean, it's, to be honest with you, if you've got 35 million quid, you wouldn't go to sandals. You would go privately to a hotel, wouldn't you? You would go to one of the, but I don't think she, she doesn't know anything about that kind of thing. I don't know whether she sort of books it herself on the internet or whether she's got a travel agent, but I would have thought, I mean, Michelle Heaton recommends it. That'd be, that would be the, the warning sign immediately. Michelle Heaton recommends sandals. You know, might be fine for some. Perhaps it's good enough for Michelle Heaton because she's nobody. So perhaps she would go there, but um, it's... And then she'd recommend it to Katie Price. You see, as opposed to Katie Price getting upset with sandals, i get upset with Michelle Heaton because there's thousands of other people who have had a very nice time at sandals. Not my choice of resort. But there again, I wouldn't be remotely interested. But she obviously did Perhaps she did it on the cheap. Because she didn't do a magazine deal with this one. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here says, uh, that's right, it's very easy to get a private beach across the Caribbean, providing you have the money. Yes, it, well, it probably is. But you don't go to Sandals and then go, have you got a private beach for me? I mean, how many beaches do you think they've got? Well, actually, we've got 47,000 beaches. So which one would you like to go and sit on by yourself? As if anybody kept There's no paparazzi out there. Nobody's remotely interested in her. Otherwise, there'd be pictures of her arriving. The only pictures that, that she sort of gave to the papers were ones that were taken herself. As I say, the picture on the sun this morning, poor soul. Uh, burgers contain contaminated with horse meat could contain a drug linked to cancer. This is uh, fennel... Butazone. I'd never heard of butazone, but five horses slaughtered in the UK last year tested positively for it. The anti-inflammatory is banned from the food chain over fears it causes bone marrow and liver problems in humans. Actually, there was another story, because I always worry about any story to do with diabetes on the television. And this was one that cropped up this morning, saying that diabetics are more likely to die of kidney failure. Now, because they say that it's not being checked properly, and the NHS should spend money checking on people's kidneys. Well, they do really. We do have the big blood tests every so often. If I had one a, a short while ago, I seem to. But I'm put it, I work on the assumption I'm still moving. So as long as you're still moving, I, I kind of think I'm doing okay. Coronation cheats. This was the headline on some of the papers this morning after the national television awards. Bitter BBC bosses accused ITV of fixing it so the Coronation Street won the top gong because ITV craftily moved Emmerdale from its Wednesday 7pm slot and replaced it with Corrie so viewers saw it moments before the award show began. Would that make any difference? I don't think that would make the slightest bit of difference. I love looking at pictures, though, of the people on the stage from Coronation Street and I don't recognise half of them. I recognise Jane Danson and a few others, but there's loads of people. I've got no idea who they are. Obviously watching a different programme, I'm afraid. 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. Let's quickly go back to some of these here. On the subject of Gimberley Walsh, I've been listening to you talking about, it says uh, John. Wait a minute, just move the microphone here. Perhaps I'm going to move the mics when we we come back again, because you, you, you try and read the screen through the microphone, it becomes incredibly difficult. He says, you were talking about her as if it's somebody I should have heard of. So I looked her up on... Wikipedia. I was amazed to see she's a singer, songwriter, actress, model, television presenter, and dancer. How could I not know of this amazingly talented woman? I read on, it seems she's one of the two replacement members of Girls Aloud. At that point, I lost interest, as she clearly just has a very good publicist. At least I now know who you're talking about, but not why anyone should be surprised she isn't a good live singer. Yes, to be a good live singer is an art. It is an art. She did do Shrek. She was very good in Shrek, but there again, one musical doth not make a career. Doth not make a career. Uh, many of the supermarkets near me are stocking Easter eggs, says Matthew. Oh, you're out of date, mate. We did this story four weeks ago. They had Easter eggs in before Christmas. So, obviously, your your, your stock is a little bit late. So they were moving them in four weeks ago, the Easter eggs are in. I've got a boot full of them. A boot full of them. Uh, here's one from uh, Paul. He says, like you, Steve, I think it seems, as the Katie Price legend goes on, she develops more and more testosterone and less and less estrogen and becomes more a nasty piece of work. Yes, she can keep all her earnings, but at a 98% rate of tax. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, she's got all this money. People constantly... You'll always get a couple of Katie Price supporters. They, they're, they're generally of limited intelligence. They say love Katie Price. In fact, you knew that from the TV shows what they were like, you could actually spot them because when she did a book signing, Katie Price would sit there with all this troweled on makeup, with her gay makeup artist standing behind her, touching up everything Softs make sure I look good. And then you'd have all these sort of fat birds standing there, average age probably about 14, and a few spotty boys. And that would be about it, I'm afraid. That would be the Katie Price lineup. Even though the books sell, I've, I've got no idea who, who reads them. I've really got no idea. I'm always as fascinated as the next person when it comes down to, you know, who buys these books. Because she's she's always putting the record straight, you know, because I've always read all these bad things about myself. And I'm thinking, well, I've never read anything. I've never read anything. I know she's a little publicity machine and she spends all the time, as Leandro Penner told us, reading about herself on the internet. Which gives you a rough idea of where she's coming from. But if all she can afford is sandals, perhaps she hasn't got as much money as she says she has. Perhaps it costs money to be Katie Price. Sad news as well. I knew you'd you'd sympathise with this one. Big Fat Gypsy Weddings has been thrown into chaos. I didn't even know it was still running. I had no idea, but apparently it's still running. And one of their key stars has split from her fiancé before making it down the aisle. Channel 4 cameras have followed glamour model Danielle Mason, real class act, the sister of Jessie Wallace and her gypsy partner, He's a traveller, not a gypsy. Tony Giles, through their relationship. They were rolling during the birth of the... Cause they've already got a kid, which is great, isn't it? You're just so, so pleased for them. Cage fighter Tony, yeah, right, promised his fiancée a lavish traditional gypsy wedding with hundreds of guests, but it's off after the couple rowed over Christmas. They're expecting a second baby. Oh, nice! Two children, then, in the world with, with, uh, with, a, with a single mum. Fantastic! Couldn't be happier for you. A source said it's caused an headache for the programme makers. They also wanted a film, Daniel and Tony, celebrating her 30th. She doesn't intend to include him. But there you go. But I thought nobody in the traveller community wanted you, dear, because you brought shame on them, because you're a so-called glamour model. I don't know when. Look at the picture of you. A little Miss Misery, I'm afraid. Poor soul. You've done your best, haven't you? Done your best. But anyway, thank God for that. But the bad news is two children we're probably going to have to support. You better get out there off your arse and get some work done. You know, if you're a glamour model, start doing some stuff very quickly so you can afford it. I don't want to pay for your kids, thank you very much indeed. Good news is for Mark Wright and Michelle Keegan, they're obviously really serious. Mark, who's uh, 26, but really 15, uh, took them home to see Mummy and Daddy. Mummy and Daddy have appeared on the television as well. Can't keep the old family off, can you, really? And uh, he's, he's introduced Michelle Keegan to his parents, and they absolutely love her. Oh, that's sweet. Mark is five, as I say, mentally. Michelle's 25, so that's good. And, uh, they apparently, they walked the red carpet separately. Of course, you don't want joint pictures on that. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you go for maximum coverage, She walked separately. Once inside, they were joined at the hip, and emitting a faint orange glow. I know, uh, you've still got to put up with, I'm afraid, little Mark Wright's show coming up on the television, which I think he's hosting with Melanie Sykes. <gasps> Two of the world's worst presenters together. But anyway... Sitting with Mark's folks, Carol and Big Mark, in the ITV box. Big Mark, because you've got Big Mark and Little Mark. Big Mark, Little Mark. Ugly sister, pretty sister. Ugly sister, pretty sister. Ugly sister with naff boyfriend, Ricky Raymond, who looks slightly as if he's eaten too many pies. But there you go, that's the best you can get down there. And apparently Michelle Keegan is now hoping to take Mark up to Manchester to meet her parents. Oh, that'll be nice, won't it? Apparently, and after his fiery relationship with Lauren Goodger, Mark's clan all approve of his new squeeze. His big sis, Jessica. She's 27, his big sis. Who wrote this drivel? Says, I've met Michelle, and she seems like real nice. I think she's a lovely girl. James Arge Argent joked, I'm definitely on the pool tonight. I'm going to crack on to Michelle Keegan. <laughs> You couldn't pull the fat bird in the series. I wouldn't worry about pulling Michelle Keegan, mate. Nobody's interested in Mister Teeny Tiny, are they? Not so good. Tax dodgers are going to be caught up. There's all these adverts that are being run. I don't know who it's aimed at. Hope it's not me. It's people who who don't pay their their full tax. Luckily, I do pay my full tax. But they're now chasing after Starbucks and they're going after all sorts of people who fiddle their taxes. Well, that limits it in the country. I mean, everybody given the choice, every given the choice would actually not want to pay full tax, would they? You would want to actually try and pay as little as possible. That's why people go offshore. That's why Gary Barlow shoved a load of his money over there. Jimmy Carr did it. Jimmy Carr got caught out. For some reason, Gary Barlow escaped that one. So I'd be keen to find out if he's still got the money over there. They all save for their future. One direction, we're told, are worth £15 million each. I'd be very surprised. Very, very surprised if they were worth anything like that. But, of course, the worst thing is, when they write this in the newspapers, who reads it? The taxman. Well, the taxman goes, Oh, right, so you're worth 15? Well, let's have a look at that tax return, shall we, for one direction. Okay, Liam, so here. I don't see £15 million. Let's start investigating. Before you know where you are, the kids go, No, 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 we haven't. That's just, you know, that's what people make up about us. Well, you better make sure they don't in future. Because otherwise, you should issue a denial straight away. That's why I always think never, ever go on television if you're a benefit fraudster and appear on a quiz show. Because the moment you appear on there, somebody's going to go. I know what you are. You're an old thief. You're somebody who thieves. Not so good. Not so good. Lovely picture of uh, Naomi Campbell. And she says here, my natural beauty secret is raw red Guinness and fairy liquid. It makes your hair fluffy and thick. I wasn't actually aware that Naomi Campbell had any of her own hair. I was led to believe it was all hair extensions. and She's only a girl from Streatham or Streatham. Whatever they call it nowadays, which makes me laugh. Streatham. I used to drive through Streatham very quickly. Very, very quickly. 8 Apparently, Chris in Kingston says, your dream about being naked in a hotel foyer, it could be a premonition. It reminds me of an experience at a hotel in Peterborough, of all places, late last year. I had a similar dream to you, and a week later ended up locking myself out of my room in the middle of the night. Unfortunately, I was naked, and there was a hen party in the hotel. There's never a pot plant around when you need one, says Big Chris. Yeah, right, a pot plant. (laughs) A small Jaffa biscuit, I suspect. A small Jaffa biscuit. (laughs) Funny, isn't it, when you think about that? No, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether or not, if you dream about somebody who is known to you, whether or not they have a similar dream. Do you think they know that you've dreamt about them, they had a dream? I mean, is it possible for two people to dream the same thing? The answer is probably not. It'd be nice to think that they did, though. So when I walk past them later on today, I should give a little smile, like... <laughs> <laughs> on second thoughts, I'll probably get myself attacked. Can't think of anything worse. It's funny, though, isn't it? When you do dream, I, 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 I do... Have we taken a break? I can't remember. Have we not taken a break yet? God, I'm rambling away this morning. I'm now worried about dreams. I shouldn't be. It's Friday. It's pay- oh, it's payday! Oh, I knew there was something to be grateful for.
0: LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, welcome to Friday.
1: Uh, The reason we're excited today is because it's payday. You've waited long enough, the bills have... I've got bills going up. Oh, dear, dreadful. The accountant's bill, sorting out the tax. I've got VAT due. Very shortly, it's going to be... uh, What was the other thing we've got? Car insurance... I mean, I, I don't mind the car tax, because that, that's, not, that's not a big big sort of headache. The car, car insurance, though, is a bit of a headache. The VAT is a bit of a headache, and the accountant's bills a bit of a headache. All comes at the same time, doesn't it? Just when you think, oh, that's nice, perhaps we can save some money this month. No, no chance at all. And you'll be the same. You'll have bills sitting... Oh, I've got to do another bill as well today. I forgot to pay my FedEx bill. Luckily, it's only 15 quid, so that's not so, so big and, and an immediate problem. But I will, I will have to get round to doing it. Interestingly enough... Uh, it's it's the month where all your bills come in at the same time everything comes in there'll be a, you know there'll be a phone bill there'll be an electricity bill a gas bill and you most people don't plan for it i was talking to somebody the other day who did save up save up for their car insurance and put it to one side i think he put 1000 pounds to one side and it came in about 600 quid so he was 400 up on the deal which was good news rosemary sent me in some lovely pictures of the snow i got some great we got some great snow oh that's good isn't it what is it? Is it sort of a? It looks like it looks like one of those. Looks like a what? Looks like it. That's right. It does. It looks like a dinosaur. No, it it, it could be a dinosaur. It's very clever. I've seen some really good ones. I mean, some of the things that people can do. Oh, there's another picture of the same thing. It could be a dinosaur. It could be something that's got horns on it. I don't know, really, what. So, thank you very much. Oh, it's the same picture three times. <laughs> Not really that exciting anymore. Actually, thank you very much indeed. It's in Carl Schulten. So if you've still got, if you've still got any of these pictures lying around, do send them in. We like pictures of snow. Uh, I went to see Steps at the O2 on the night you spoke of. Says Rob in Erith in Kent. They are memorex, but like you say, poor old Claire would have needed oxygen if they were to sing and move around like they do. It was a great show, and you were spot on. Full of middle aged women and uh, flamboyees. I think he means gay men from from Manchester. It was it was so gay the audience for Steps, but. I, that's why I don't. I think the only one who sings in the group, pretty certain, is Claire. Pretty certain she was the one with the voice, but she's huge, and they put her in this dress. And you you cannot dance and do everything. But it was good. It was good. Still loving. They're good fun. He actually took his two daughters, twenty one and nineteen, now. We saw them for the first time back in two thousand and one, which is good. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a fun show. I don't think there's any pretences from steps that they actually sing live. But that's why it makes me laugh when they, they put their headphones on and they go, and you think you're not. That's why all you actually got from H was, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then the crowd respond like that. It's, it's a little bit like listening to sheep, but good fun. Uh, all the support for the QE2. Wanted to let you know, says Chris, that if the QE2 moves to London, you'll see her every day on the East EastEnders opening credits. That's because she'll be docked under Boris's cable car near the O2. Does that show still exist? Uh, what, EastEnders or Boris's cable car? <laughs> yes, they, they are there. They are there. Just to let your listeners know that the London team have promised not to give up on their plans, despite the recent news that the ship is going to Asia. Yes, it depends who's actually got the money, doesn't it? That That's what it comes down to. Who's actually got the money? And, and really, do you think that we would end up with the QE2 on the Thames? It'd be quite nice if, if they did. Paula says, you must have a huge boot because you put everything in it. I do have a huge boot on my car. In fact, my, my boot could take a person. You could get a couple of kids in the boot easily. In fact, I, I could get into my boot. It's that big. It does have at the moment in there some, some chocolate bunnies, some lint bunnies, some Cadbury's eggs, bottle of vodka, bottle of champagne. What else we got? Oh, and some cleaning cloths. So it's all very, very exciting. Katie Price and her husbands, what a joke. I feel for the kiddies. It's not right. Pete should go for custody. Uh, and did you recommend, says Jenny, hemorrhoid cream to banish under eye wrinkles? Yes. Yes. Uh, wasn't sandals favoured by Michael Winner? No, that was Sandy Lane. Sandy Lane, and I don't... I mean, they might take a booking from Katie Price, but it's very, very expensive. I think Michael Winner said, I could be wrong, that over Christmas, his bill for Sandy Lane was something like 58,000? It could even be more than that. I mean, you are talking at the super rich. They go there. That's why you get the pictures of Simon Cowell you know, wandering through the water with, with friends there because it's favoured by the super-rich and it's a really super-duper hotel. It's, you know, it's upmarket, but it's for people who know how to how to live well. I suspect, you know, Katie Price would be happy with chicken dippers. You know, I get the feeling she wouldn't have the faintest idea what, what lobster ever tasted like or something like that. So that's why I love the idea, sandals favoured by Michael Winner. <laughs> uh, if Katie Price went to a private beach and resort, she wouldn't get her pictures in the papers. Um, that is true, and she does thrive on things like that, doesn't she? Did you see Atomic Kitten with Kerry Katona reforming? Well, only for this one concert, and Kerry Katona never featured on any of the hit singles. I think she featured briefly, because, as you all know, Kerry Katona can't sing. She cannot sing. She's tone-deaf. She's absolutely toned. She never could sing. They were just a put-together group. Now, of course, she's so past everything. She has to make a living by, well, just flogging every aspect of herself. That's by doing... I did see this advert the other day where she's trying to get people who are poor to take out huge loans. And that, of course, is not the way forward. That is not the thing that that you do. This could clear up a long-running dispute at five to five in the morning. It turns out that man flu is not a myth. For years... Men have been ridiculed by the opposite sex for acting like big babies when the slightest sniffle strikes as if it were a near-death experience. But now a female expert, Dr Amanda Ellison, is arguing that men really do suffer more than women when it comes to coughs and go, I I can't go anywhere. I've got cold. Oh, come on, grow up. I can't. I, I can't go out anywhere. I'm really, really ill. Really ill. And it's true. It's not a myth, ladies. Men do suffer from man flu. It's just that we like to moan about it a bit more than everybody else. You know, women just get on with it. They sit there with a handkerchief and they just, they just go out there and, and do things. Men have more temperature receptors than women, so they feel rougher. And boy, do they milk it. The only thing I would always suggest, if you have a cold, you know, and you get that cold, you get the runny nose, don't use tissues. Don't ever use tissues. Only ever use a handkerchief. And you know why you should never, ever use tissues? Because it dries on your nose, and that's when you get that horrible flaky, and it looks like all your skin's peeling off. It's because all it does, it just sort of pushes all the moisture back into your nose again. It's not good. Always, always use a material handkerchief. I only bought two the other day. I like Marks and Spencer's hankies. I get through a lot of hankies. I didn't used to carry hankies with me, but now I carry them all the time. All the time. Generally two. And I quite like, I don't like plain hankies. I like hankies with patterns and stuff like that. Which is good. And, then I, I, and I, did, I forgot to buy them in Marks and Spencers yesterday. I bought a pair of shoes, bought some socks and let's just call them some undergarments. And, and then I, and I, I ended up in John Lewis. And they had hankies. They had plain ones, plain white ones in a box. But they had two checkerboard ones. So That's quite nice. So I picked them up. I was going to take them to the checkout. Turned it over. 12 quid for two bits of crappy material. I was furious. So I put them back down again. I, I, I remonstrated with myself. I remonstrated it with myself about, uh, you know, actually, I can't believe that anybody seriously would spend 12 quid on two bits of material. If you could if actually go out for 12 quid. You could buy probably a metre or a few metres of material. If you've got a sewing machine, make them yourself. Ridiculous. Uh, hee, da, 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 da. Other stories in the papers today... Trying to find uh, a man who left a, a pig's head at a Muslim community centre pleaded guilty to a racially motivated attack. This is Liam Ferrer, 24, turned up in court hiding his face. Don't worry, they'll find you. You'll be pictured in all the, in all the Sunday papers. And there's a plant. I don't know if you remember years ago, a, a very popular plant to have around the house were bottle plants. And you would have a big glass bottle, and, and, and inside would be various plants, and they would just keep growing. And he's got one here, 53 years, 40 years without watering. You don't need to water it. You put the, the lid onto the plant there. You can get special tongs and earth, which you put in the bottom of these big jars. Bottle gardens, they were called. Bottle gardens. Everybody had them. They were very, very popular. And then you put the lid on, and what happens is it becomes like a mini-ecosystem. The jar heats up, moisture drips from inside. Sometimes you couldn't even see the plants because the moisture just dripped onto the earth. So it's a bit like the Eden Project. It's a bit, you know, if you've ever been there where you're inside a giant ball and you wander around getting very hot. It's like going to Kew Gardens. You walk in the greenhouses, you can barely breathe. And yet the moisture in there, sometimes they have a a dampening down where all some of a sudden the little sprinklers come on and you get a misting all over it, which is lovely. But this bloke's had it for 40 years. I bet there's people listening as well who've also got bottle gardens, which have lasted ages. At the moment, the big thing to have in all the supermarkets are these uh, orchids. And they're so cheap. They're so cheap. You can get a really tall orchid now with beautiful flat for a fiver. And I promise you, they last for ages. I've had one for eight months on my windowsill with the window half open. An orchid, you know, grown in the heat. And every so often, they seem to thrive in all sorts of things. I gave one to Kasia, who's one of the hairdressers at Michael's place. And then, and after she'd had it for three months, the flowers fell off. And I went, oh, so at least it lasted three months. Anyway, blow me down. Within two weeks, it had budded. And the other day, two new flowers came out. I've never heard of them reflowering. We're thinking of opening up a, a special market garden for them. how excited are we? Look at that. Payday. Orchids coming into flower and Katie Price moaning about sandals. I mean, it doesn't It doesn't get any better than that, does it? Anything that makes little Miss Misery even more miserable, the happier we are. Which means, because it's Friday, we have to take the news at 5 o'clock. and give you the weather rundown in a moment to take more of your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. No more jokes about horse burgers, please. We've heard every single one of them about four times. But There's more from the papers and then uh, more from In Conversation. This week we're going to rerun... The interview I did with Michael Winner ran for an hour. We've we've cut it down. We've left his best bits in as a tribute to the late, great filmmaker. And that will be run this Sunday on LBC 97.3. News at Five, though, is coming up next.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen
1: after I tweeted the picture of the LBC studio, and uh, you can quite clearly see how many times the name LBC 97.3, because it's on every microphone twice. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six microphones in it. Six microphones in here. So that's 12 times. Then it's on the blind... Twice that I can see, so that's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 20, 28 times it says LBC in the studio. I'll find it somewhere else in a moment, I can tell. I'm going to. Fa- so 28 times in the studio, and somebody said, do you think they want you to remember where you are? <laughs> we, did, we did have a presenter some years ago who couldn't remember the LBC frequency and had to write it down. I had to write it down, which wasn't so clever. So uh, the answer is yes, they do want me to remember that I'm at uh, LBC. And uh, Mary says, it's the signage in case you forget where you are. <laughs> oh, you have to laugh, don't you, really? Because I'm quite I'm quite good about it. I think the studios look lovely. I think the studios look lovely, but they're going to look completely different next week. Next week. They they start today. It'll be all ripped out, and they're going to put a brand new studio in, which I, I, mean, I can't wait for. I love things. It doesn't happen very often but well, they actually do it while you're actually working, and so they're going to be doing it over this weekend, and then I'll be the first person to use it on Monday. Duncan will, of course, will be in the control room, which is, which is separate. It's a separate, separate country, I think, sometimes, and he'll be in there, so I'll be the first one in the studio. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, the one thing that got people going overnight on LBC 97.3 was when Duncan Barks was talking about what uh, Joanna Lumley, who's just been given an award for being just a wonderful human being at the National Television Awards, who played Patsy, Patsy Stone, of course, in Absolutely Fabulous. And her advice for girls is, don't look trashy, get drunk, or stagger about at midnight. Now, this is a character, of course, that Joanna Lumley made famous. I mean, Patsy was famous as a drunk, uh, a drug-taking, debauched, past-her-sell-by-date ex-model. And she says, I promise you, it's better to look after yourself properly, which means behave properly, be polite, be on time, dress... For- I don't mean dully... Don't be sick in the gutter at midnight in a silly dress with no money to get a taxi home because somebody will take advantage of you. Either they'll rape you or they'll knock you on the head and they'll rob you. Don't look like trash. Don't be sick down your front. Don't break your heels and stagger about in the wrong clothes. And this this got people going because it's absolutely right. The one thing you see, and we see it on the television, we see it on the reality programmes, you see it on Geordie Shore, you see it on The Only Wears Essex, you see it on just about every one of them, is badly behaved women. Trash. Badly behaved, trashy women. Most of the cast of The Only Wears Essex, the female, are trash. They behave badly, their language is appalling, they they dress like little tarts... They go out to places. It's just bad behaviour. We see it every day here in Leicester Square. Every day. It's a shame. You know, I wish I, I did look around this morning. I said earlier, I, I did look around and I thought, where's a policeman? Where's a copper when there's people falling into the flower beds, urinating all over the place? They should be arrested. There should be a holding cell. You're all going in there at night because you urinated in, in public in a flower bed. It is illegal. And this is men and women. Doesn't seem to, to to differentiate. So she is quite right, although it's ironic that the character that she became most famous for, if ever you ask what is Joanna Lumley famous for, it's Patsy Stone in Ab Fab or it's Purdy in The Avengers. Either way, uh, people people like her a lot. All the Brits have been told to leave the Libyan city of Benghazi yesterday because of specific intelligence of a specific... And imminent threat to Westerners. In other words, get out as fast as you possibly can. I've had some of my orchids for five years. They flower regularly. Just cut them back, spray them with water once a week, says Karen. I know, I was absolutely amazed. I was absolutely amazed that these things. I thought, when I first saw orchids, um, they were actually there... And and, and one, once they died off, they they just died off and you threw them away because they they were grown in greenhouses. They're a lot hardier than you think and so beautiful. So beautiful. Somebody says, with chocolate and vodka in your boot, can I book a week in March? <laughs> exactly. We'll call it Steve's Boot. You can, you can book a week in, in advance and you can live in the boot of the car. The only thing you can't have is a shower. Oh, actually, you could. I've got some of this wash your car stuff. You spray it over the car. It's it's like a, they say it's um a waterless thing, but, but it's, uh, you spray something over, then wipe it off again, and that apparently takes all the dirt off, a load of rubbish. They did a very good programme on the television this morning looking at how badly we are in this country for getting rid of illegals. And they were talking to one man who was quite simply a liar, an out-and-out liar. In fact, they found another woman who was running a brothel And then attempted to deny it in front of the cameras. A woman who shouldn't even be here and is running prostitutes in London. In Ilford, if you please. In Ilford. This woman was named and shamed on the television. The bloke, they said to him, listen, you're a liar. You weren't under any threat of anything at all. You're an illegal. You came here. You were thrown out of the country. You went to Ireland, tried to get in there, thrown out of there. Went back to this country. He's now back in this country. And and you're not supposed to be here. They don't even know you're here. And he said, "Yes, they know I'm here. They know I'm here." He said, "Because he said, otherwise, how how would I have a solicitor?" I thought we'd well, just go where they could find any any number of bent solicitors. That's not difficult to find, is it? I'm an illegal. I want to stay here. Yes, give us some money. It's all backhanders. But the woman running the prostitutes just brazened it out. Just break... No, I was just looking for girls for sewing. And yet, only two minutes before, she'd been talking about how much these girls can earn for sex, which, of course, is lies. Absolute lies. She said, for all night sex, it was £250. You get 150 I get 100 I thought, you're a liar. She looked, uh, she looked like a bent con, straight away, I'm afraid. Well done, Prince Charles, again. He's pictured with a lot of uh, workers from his charity, The Prince's Trust. It's wicked if we out there posing with Charlie, because Charlie's, like, you know, our man which is good so he was he was very happy very happy and they found some lovely little outfits here and i think it's outfits that prince charles and princess anne wore to the coronation 60 years ago and what they do inside the palace inside inside lots of places is they keep every outfit everything is kept they don't they don't throw anything out you don't find any of princess margaret's bits turning up at charity shops they keep everything It's the same as the exhibition down at the V&A, which finishes on Sunday. If you've not been, you need to beg or steal a ticket to get in there because it's one of the best exhibitions. And I said to my friend Helena, I said, you need to come up to town and see it. So she came up the other day. She had to come up to do an exam. And she said, and I went along to the V&A, she said, and I was not disappointed. She said, it was everything you said it was. They've got costumes that have been saved from Marlene Dietrich, from Mildred Pierce with Joan Crawford. They've got Marilyn Monroe costumes. They've got Blues Brothers. They've got just about everything. And you, you tend to forget that when people have worn things in a film, it then goes back into wardrobe. So they've got stuff from The Wizard of Oz. They've got, And the thing that will amaze you is... On the on the women's side, how tiny they are! When you look at Marilyn Monroe's dresses, her waist—I mean, was there was nothing of it. I mean, she might have been big in the behind department, but the rest of them were tiny. Joan Crawford, tiny. These people had little, tiny waists, and they saved all the costumes. If you go to Angels, which we were lucky enough to do, they've got loads of costumes, which have been used in films, and it's got labels inside, as worn by Robert Redford or, you know, Anne Boleyn as worn by, you know, whoever happened to play the part. They've got all of this stuff. They save it. And so what you've got is loads of people who've got lots of costumes and shoes from The Wizard of Oz, those red slippers. There must be numerous pairs. Numerous pairs. Alan says, "Uh, I too have an orchid. The flower died three months ago, but I continued watering it, and the flower has re-sprouted. I know! They're absolutely, un- put it this way, best value plants, as far as I'm concerned. Not only that, but they're stunning looking. They're absolutely stunning. I didn't see Inside Death Row with Sir Trevor McDonut. Interesting, but very disturbing, says Malcolm. I didn't see, I saw the clips of it. And it- I've seen similar programmes before. It's people who are on Death Row, and they're just talking about what they do. Some can't wait to be executed, because quite clearly they're, they're people who are disturbed. I mean, I, I didn't see it because I'm just not interested in seeing that kind of thing. They are people who've been convicted by courts and have been sentenced to death. Whether they actually get round to all of them, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, more on chaps fighting fighting temperatures and people saying, listen, it really is serious. When a man gets a cold, then he really gets a cold and moans about it. And when we go, "Pull yourself together, for goodness sake. It's not good enough. You know, you can do this. But we do suffer worse. We do suffer more because we've got different different things that make up our psyche and that's why we suffer. So when we go, oh, really awful. There was an advert on the television. You right, Malcolm? And it's it 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 oh, bum. oh, She go, of course you can, Malcolm. And she was flogging some tablets. I love all these tablets. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. On the subject of hankies. Do you wash your hankies, says Martin from Port Talbot, or throw them away like your socks? I do wash them, but on the other hand, I do sometimes throw them away. When they start looking less like a hanky and more like something you'd clean the car with, then, yes, I do throw them away, because they're not, they're not very... I think you can get... You can probably go to Primark and get, like, 24 hankies for a fiver or something stupid. But I, I think it's better than people sitting on the train sneezing and wheezing all over people and using tissues. I don't, tissues are not very good, unless they're the medicated ones that are slightly damp. That way it's better, because otherwise you end up with all horrible nose and it's just just not nice. A handkerchief will do so much better for you. But nobody buys them anymore. I'm the only ones. I'm the only one. Richard Littlejohn today, just when he starts getting lazy on his column, he does what is, is almost like a, a script, and he's doing this here for Faulty Towers. Now we know the BBC have censured it, and they've taken bits out, because it's deemed to be racist and offensive, in the same way in the... Damn Busters, they actually took out the name of the dog. So you can see him mouthing the name of the dog, but they put another word in. I can't remember what they call the dog now, but it was, it was deemed as being too offensive for people. You'd have to sort of rewrite history. I was thinking the other day, when somebody was complaining bitterly, they were in the papers because they'd downloaded images of naked people. And it was deemed to be offensive. They, they were just naked images of people. And I think it went to court and the judge uh, ended up having to rule uh, in favour of this man having these images because he said just having images of naked people doesn't actually constitute anything because you can go to any art gallery. In fact, at the v and I lost count of the amount of, you know, men's nether regions that are on, <laughs> on display on every piece of Roman architecture, on every Roman statue. There is sort of, you know, things that aren't covered up. And it's all there. And nobody thinks anything about it. We just go, oh, it's, a, it's another naked statue. You go to Rome, it's just full of naked statues of, of, of mainly, it has to be said, men. Mainly male naked statues. I don't know why. The Romans appear to be obsessed with that kind of thing. But, you'd, I mean, if they actually banned naked things, you'd have to close down every art gallery and museum in the country. It, it, you really would. It, w- it would be absolutely hilarious. I always thought it was hilarious anyway, the idea that you can that you can actually have art galleries with naked people in and then you can have other things as well where it isn't. Uh, I wish all I needed was a Jaffa cake. It may have made escape easier. This is poor Chris in Kingston who had the dream that he woke up naked in a foyer and, was, and there was a hen party there and there wasn't a pot plant to hide behind. So I said just a Jaffa cake really because it, I was having a dream about one of my neighbours and it was quite frightening. I, I told the producer about this. He thinks possibly it's a court case, but anyway. And I, I sort of worried about the fact that if you dream about somebody and it's real, as opposed to something made up when you do dream, and some people dream quite a lot. If you want to dream before you go to bed, you can make yourself dream quite easily. Just eat something before you go to bed and you will dream. If you want a vivid dream, cheese always works. Uh, I had, before I went to bed last night, I had some, I had some toast, I think. toast. I have some toast? I can't remember if I had a yogurt, whatever it was, it made me dream. And I did worry about the fact that people might might be aware of of the dreaming. If uh, if you if, if sort of if, if you dream about somebody, do they know that you're dreaming at the same time? Right, quick time check for you. It's quarter past five.
0: LBC ninety seven point three, London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, 18, no it's not, it's 19 minutes past 5, it's, uh James says, driving around with excess weight in your boot is costing you extra cash in Super Unleaded. As if I, do I think I worry about that? What, a bottle of vodka and some chocolate eggs? I don't think he's going to be classed as excess weight in the boot. I've got a tyre that weighs three quarters of a tonne. Martin says, sorry, but handkerchiefs are disgusting and full of germs. Use tissues. If you can catch it, bin it, kill it. Lovely. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm a hanky person. I, I tell you the one thing you shouldn't ever use, though, you should never use tea towels for drying things, because tea towels, once you've dried a plate, they're full of germs. The best way to actually dry plates off is to put them on a plate rack. I've got a, a, one of those wooden plate rack things on the draining board, so you wash the plate, you put it in there, and it dries naturally. Tea towel. Ta- I used to love tea towels years ago. If you couldn't move, every time you went to another place on holiday, you'd buy a tea towel, wouldn't you? We've been to Billerickey. You know, exciting things like that, or, you know, Penzance, God's Own. I used to have tea towels all over the place, and if you're very lucky, you could buy a frame to hang them up in the kitchen. People had frames to hang tea towels. I, myself, hung tea... I don't know why. Now I've just got a kitchen clock, and a few other bits, and a picture of me, I'm afraid. Which is a bit sad, isn't it? A little bit sad. Uh, They reckon the Corgi could disappear. That's not the toy. That's the, the dog breed Apparently it declined last year. Only 333 Pembroke Welsh Corgi pups were registered down from 371 in 2011. I never like Corgis. Not because the Royal Family have got them, I just never like them as dogs. It's like I don't like Dachshunds either, which is a shame, because I should really like these. I do like dogs, I'm quite big into dogs. There's a bloke in, in Twickenham, and he's got a wolf and you can tell it's a wolf because it's got that beautiful colouring, but it's got those blue eyes, those piercing blue eyes. And it's beautiful. I mean, it really is. Ab- it's a beautiful looking dog. And you think, gosh, he's got a wolf. As puppies, they must look great. When Peter Andre and his team went on their little holiday to Lapland, they didn't go to Sandals, they uh, had some little... Husky puppies coming in. and They were absolutely gorgeous. There's something about them. Rachel says, My son bought me an orchid for my anniversary three years ago. I wasn't sure how to look after it as I managed to kill one off some years ago. A friend told me, Water it lightly. Once a fortnight. Cut back where necessary. It flowers regularly. Beautiful pink flowers. I never go more than a few weeks without it flowering. At the moment, I've got six flowers. Sits on the window uh, kitchen sill and looks great. Well yeah, I didn't uh, until this, this one that reflowered again, I thought that once once the flowers dropped off you threw it away. But no. Cassius said to me, Look, look, there's little there's little buds forming. And so we watched it, we went in one morning, and there are the flowers open again, the most vivid purple, most beautiful colours you get on these things. So if you if you have been given an orchid for a birthday or a Christmas present or an anniversary, and the flowers drop off after it, panic not. Panic not. All you have to do is leave it there and it will grow back again. I don't even water mine on a regular basis. I water it when I think I need to give it some water. Uh, Paul says, why not give your hanky socks and pants to the charity shop? <laughs> then when they are wash an eye and iron, buy them back for 10p. Yeah, could be actually. They don't take stuff like that in charity shops, do they? They only take expensive items. We've got so many charity shops. There was, there was one, we've got a Sue Ryder shop, and I noticed a big sign on their window, please help us, we're running out of stock. I've never seen so much stock in a shop in my life. All donated to people, but all now with proper prices. There's a three-piece suite in the window of a charity shop. The whole idea of a charity shop years ago was, you know, 10, oh, give us 15p for that, 10p for that. Now, £6, £7, £70. Then they have special sections in the window, where where people have actually given them nice things, and it, they become like antique shops. They do, and you look at the price, £60 for a plate, and you think, it's supposed to be a charity shop, and then you suddenly realise, it's a business. It's a business. The book of uh, Winner's Dinners, Michael Winner's Dinners, one of the funniest reads out there, it says Michael, he'll be sadly missed. Yes, we're going to repeat him this week, because it was an hour interview. When Michael came in with his then-fiancée, Geraldine, now wife, of course... Um, he was talking about all sorts of things, and she'd obviously persuaded him, come and talk to Steve Allen. So we did an hour interview. Seems It seems that now we we'd do half hours, so we get two celebrities on the programme for the price of one. So we went back into the archives had a listen to it and have decided it's a really nice interview. One of the, well, certainly the last interview you gave on LBC, as far as I remember of any length. So we've cut that down. That'll be run with Sarah Milliken on Sunday. And for those of you waiting for Paul McKenna, that will be up the following week with, hopefully, Jeremy Irons, who's coming in today to do an In Conversation. I'm very much looking forward. Big fan of Jeremy Irons. Ever since I went to, it's going to sound really trite, I might have to say this. I might have to say to him that I went to the Royal Premier of the Mission where we had Ennio Morricone conducting the orchestra, playing live on the film. And the music, if you've never heard the music from the Mission, it's, it's fantastic. It really is fantastic. And we had Charles and Diana there. We're very lucky, actually. We got, I went to a couple of royal... How I got to go to these things? I've got no idea. But I went to a couple of royal premieres. One was of Steel Magnolias, where the cast came over from America. And again, we had the orchestra playing live for us. Diana was there, Princess Diana. And uh, Daryl Hannah and everybody else. And all I remember is crying, because it's a very sad film, Steel Magnolias. Very good stage play. Very, very good film. Very, very good film indeed. And then we went to the Mission, where, again, Ennio Morricone was conducting the orchestra, which was just beautiful. Check it out on YouTube. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Benny Clapham says, you say you've got a wooden plate rack full of germs. Well, so far, still alive, as they say. A plastic one would be better. Oh, no, not plastic. Oh, cool, no. I forget. Mine's Chinese, I think. Apparently, the most common owl in Britain is the tea towel. The t- oh, okay, uh, Billy Connolly in reply to a heckler: talking to you is like washing a hanky. Yeah. <laughs> Simon says, "Is your vodka and chocolate emergency rations in case you get stranded in the snow?" <laughs> they said, well, actually, I've never been stranded in the snow, and having seen some of the horrendous pictures in the papers today of people who have been stranded in the snow, I'm quite glad that I live in London. If I lived out of town, if you lived out... I was talking to somebody the other day, I had to go down the M40, where it was a slow crawl. Once the snow comes down, it comes down in blizzard conditions. And they've said it's coming back again. They've said it's coming back. I hope, I hope it doesn't come back before we... Can. I mean, we don't want any more of it, do we? We've had, We've had quite enough, I think, quite enough of of bad weather in the country. It'd be good if we got something very nice. More on bottle gardens, because this man here, he's only watered it once in 53 years, and it's growing quite nicely. They were very, very popular, bottle gardens. You can go into a lot of the garden centres, I think, like B&Q, and you can buy the actual bottles, and then you buy some earth, you put it in the bottom, and you get a pair of tongs, look a bit like laundry tongs, and you put little plants in there, and then you put the lid on and just leave it, and it, it does it all by itself, which is quite good. Well done to the uh, villagers campaigning against an illegal traveller site. They put down gypsy, but they're not—they're not gypsies. These are travellers. We have to differentiate between the two. You get you get gypsies, Romany gypsies, and then you get these people who are the Irish travellers. They're completely different, believe you me. And these villagers didn't want them there uh, because the uh, the travellers bought an eight-acre paddock for hundred thousand pounds in. Uh, uh, Meriden, uh, Meriden and the West Midlands, but they were stopped from laying hardcore when the villagers formed a human chain to stop their diggers coming in, because what they were doing is they were doing it over the weekend. They would come in, lay down the hardcore, put in the things, put in the stand, and connect themselves up to the mains. How they ever managed that, I've got no idea. And then it would be open, and so the villagers went, no, no, no. They've now done a 1,000 days. The High Court has given the travellers until March the 31st to leave, but the villagers are taking no chances... They've been out there every single day, come rain, come shine, come minus five degrees. Yesterday, they marked their one thousandth day milestone with a warming curry. Nothing nicer than eating a curry out in the cold weather. There used to be a place, still is a place actually, in Earl's Court, where if we'd been out on the town in London, we would call back into Earl's Court at about one in the morning and they would do you in one, one container rice with curry over the top of it and you'd stand outside in the freezing cold. Oh, it delicious. You can't beat, you know, hot curry, you know, on a really, really cold evening. There's something about it. Here she is. It's Julie Christie, the Oscar-winning actress. She's pictured in all the papers today. She is now 71. She doesn't look it. Burger King's cover-up over the horse meat fears. They've been accused of covering up their involvement last week when details of the illegal contamination of burgers emerged the chain insisted their products were not involved and so would not be withdrawn they've now admitted they've secretly removed thousands of burgers from sale over the weekend as a precautionary measure they were buying from the same place it turns out so uh, what people have said here is that the uh, the approach by burger king has been very shabby but do you think students worry about it you can eat horse meat it just depends. You don't know what else is in, this, in the, these burgers. So they, they've now removed them, and they said there was no evidence their products contained horse meat, but presumably, as some sort of precaution, they've decided to take them all off sale. Uh, Branson's Ego Island, how the virgin boss uses his private paradise to lure the rich and famous. Well, he's ended up with people like Sarah Ferguson and Beatrice and Eugenie. Hardly influential people, as far as I'm concerned. He's also taken on Ronnie and Sally Wood, Mick Jagger, David Hasselhoff, and Haley Roberts. But, I mean, she's a shop girl, so it makes no difference. Gina Davis, Kevin Cosner, Harry Styles. They've all stayed there. Ruby Wax, George Michael. They all go to Necker Island, and it's the right place. And then Kofi Annan, Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Mary Robinson, Jimmy Carter, Larry Page who's the co-founder of Google, worth about 12000000000 billion. You think you'd think he'd afford to buy his own island, wouldn't you, really? Tony Blair has been there. Pictured, actually, in the paper today, wearing a pair of rather unfetching floral shorts. Oh, dear. Not a good look. Jim Clark, the former Stanford University professor of computer science who founded Netscape. All been to Necker Island. That's how you make friends. It's LBC 97.3. It's 5.30. <laughs>
0: LBC ninety seven point three. Text eight four eight five zero. Tweet at LBC nine seven three. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, Friday, payday, because it's the final Friday. I'm assuming it's the final Friday in the month, which means that finally, after all that money you spent over Christmas, you can finally get some money to start paying back all those uh, all those debts. 84850 dot co at I didn't hear Katie Price on your list of people being invited to Richard Branson's Private Island. Necro- no, I, I mean, perhaps she went, you know, under another name. This is after Katie Price features in the papers this morning, well, The Sun, a picture of her lovely wedding. She went to Sandals on the advice of her friend Michelle Hayton, which is lovely. And so she went to Sandals and she went there to get married because she didn't want to do the usual uh, thing which is sort of sell it to a magazine and do the big splash because she'd only known this bloke six weeks and it's it's going to be finished by christmas anyway so nobody really cares about it by which time she'll probably be pregnant and having another child because that's all she seems to want to do have children and then just introduce them to somebody else it's, it's a little a little bit like a revolving door the front door i should imagine of her house at the moment but she doesn't have a tv program she's got nothing to sell and the book will be out, I suppose, when she'll do the update of Leandro Penner. Anyway, so she goes to Sandals, she has a dreadful time there, she doesn't like it, she asks him if he's got a private beach so that she can sunbathe, and the the woman says, or the man says, I'm sorry, are you famous? And so the, the boyfriend, who's now the husband, goes, yes, she is, and he goes, is she a porn star? So, of course, that really upset her, really upset But the trouble is, when you look like this, and you're wearing a dress where your your boobs are hanging over the top of it, I should imagine... In, in a country where they sort of, you know, they don't mind people sunbathing, but at least cover up a little bit. She does look a, bit, a little bit trashy, I'm afraid, but that's her look. And so then she's decided to lay into them. Sandals have said, listen, we're very sorry. Lots of people come to Sant they have a lovely time, they go there... If, if you want to go to that kind of place, that, that's your sort of holiday, then great, go. They do do the weddings on the beach. She said it looked like a and q shelter. It was this... I mean, she'd know, I should imagine, because she's probably got one at home herself. That's what I mean, I wouldn't know what these things look like anyway. So she goes and she complains, and Sandals have said, listen, I tell you what, we'll hold our hands up. Terribly sorry about that. Have your money back, but on the proviso that you don't ever come to Sandals ever again. We don't want to see you again. They quite clearly didn't enjoy their experience of her either. But there again, not many people do, I'm afraid. So here she is, and in her column today, she's laid into them something chronic, all because she didn't have a good time and because they probably didn't bend over backwards to her and treat her like the goddess which she thinks she is. But the picture on the front, she won't be at all happy. It goes to prove how airbrushed... I mean, either somebody has airbrushed bags under her eyes. When I say airbrushed, airbrush them in. Steve, lovely show, but as usual, Naomi Campbell does have her own hair. She paid for that heap on her head, therefore it's hers. Like Tina Turner and other people as well. Yes, it's uh, because didn't they have a picture of poor Naomi Campbell in one of the papers where it showed that all the hair was falling out and it was exposing the worst I ever saw was going round Harrods. And There was a girl in the pet department and her hair extensions at the back were just clipped in, but because the wind had blown them, you could see these little these little bands of things which which had been clipped in looked quite dreadful. Uh, on the Express today. Let's, now, what, let's see if we've, we've actually broken with, with tradition. Oh, we have. We've broken with tradition. Normally, the front story on the Express is either Princess Diana, conspiracy theory, bad weather, or a medical breakthrough. Today, the EU accused of behaving like a spoilt child after threatening the UK with fines of £250,000 a day to failing to implement new rules. Pudsey... He's got a, a new deal, which we told you about the other day. He's going to be starring in his own feel-good film. But these dancing dogs turn out to be two a penny now. Even though, I believe, they're actually trying to make him dance gangman style. And so here he is in the paper. she's dancing gangman style. The dog is doing exactly the same as it does before. It's just jumping up and down on its back legs, which goes on a lot. Simon's wearing spectacles. Simon Cowell. And people who get up... Wait for the... This is rubbish. This has got to be rubbish. People who get up early lose weight. I don't think so. I don't think so. People who exercise before breakfast can burn up to 20% more fat than those who go to the gym at lunchtime, scientists have found. I think scientists are sitting there, working there. Who cares? I've said before, there are some people who are fat and some people who are thin. There are some people who are spotty and there are some people who aren't. There are some people who can grow hair on a billiard ball and some people who are bald as a coot. Everybody's different everybody's different. It makes no difference. If you're fat, you're fat. If you're thin, you're thin. You know, fat people always tell you, listen, I only ate a little thing here. I didn't, you know, I didn't have much there, and yet I'm still putting on weight. And other people will say if they're really thin, I ate three curries the other day, Chinese takeaway. I eat chocolate all the time. I used to work with a woman in a department store years and years ago called Miss Plum. Miss Plum was, let's just call it a large woman, a large woman. She'd been in retail for donkey's years, and she knew exactly what she was doing. She could be quite bossy at times, but the one thing that she always carried with her, sweets. In the front pockets of her uniform, she had packets of sweets, and she would would just open them up and pop a sweet in her mouth. Never had a filling in her life. Never had a filling in her life. Me, you know, two sweets and that's it. Filling, occlusal, filling, occlusal. I mean, it was just non-stop. It was just non-stop. And she never had anything at all. Admittedly, she was as big as a whale and probably isn't even alive now. Probably isn't even alive. Uh, The soccer tycoon's son, at the centre of the great ball boy Rumpus, apparently, Charlie Morgan, for that is his name, tweeted before the king of all ball boys is back making his final appearance at four-time-wasting... So he'd obviously planned to time waste uh, beforehand. He's a rather stupid, pathetic person. His father is a director of Swansea, an owner of a boutique hotel. Uh, Guests have included Catherine Zeta-Jones, but there again, I'd imagine she's stayed in everything, barring a travel lodge. So it's a picture of Charlie leaving the pitch grimacing. Perhaps his father will slap the back of his legs and tell him what a silly little girl's blouse he's been. But he's very rich, but at the end of the day, he should not be lying on the ball. You give the ball back, That's that's what you're doing. That's what you've done. Uh, here's duncan bannatine like duncan bannatine but he's getting divorced so he's axed jobs apparently to fund his divorce he says i haven't any spare cash having to make staff redundant due to cost of divorce he's got 600,000 followers so he's got no money bannatine who appeared in a celebrity comic relief edition of the great british bake off on tuesday told his followers i have res- just received my decree absolute by email isn't that nice his wife had demanded £1,000 a day in the divorce settlement. He said, people employed by me will be made redundant and I cannot continue supporting charities. I'm not allowed to discuss the settlement, but Joanne said she needed £1,000 a day. He said, I feel like the family have taken food from the mouths of orphans in Romania to buy themselves new cars. Oh, dear. You'd have thought he had some money, wouldn't you? I mean, he he runs gyms, fitness clubs, bars... Bit of a sad thing. So, in other words, he has to get rid of people to fund the divorce. I'd love to know what the settlement was there. If she's asked for £1,000 a day, that's good, isn't it? So she needs... Well, actually, when you think about it, £32,000 a month to live on, it's not unreasonable. It's not. I know it sounds... You know, most of us, of course, it sounds, sounds absolutely ridiculous, but, I mean, it's not unreasonable in somebody who's terribly, terribly successful. £32,000 a month. I've heard of much bigger divorce settlements than that. I've heard of serious amounts of money going out in divorce settlements. Uh, Frederick Forsyth. I like his uh, column. I agree with him most of the time. It's like people listening to this programme. Steve, I agree with you most of the time. And he says, all right, I did watch the Golden Globe Awards and Jodie Foster's laborious admission that I'm just going to put it out there loud and proud. I am uh, single, meaning gay. But she hasn't actually used the word gay or lesbian, or anything at all. Uh, she spent 20 years making it pretty plain. She didn't want a male anywhere near her bedroom. He says, forgive me for not falling off my chair in surprise. And why do these Hollywood lovies believe their most banal utterance has world-shaking significance, so long as it's about them personally? Yes, I mean, I'd, been, I'd have been a lot happier with Jodie Foster if she'd come out and said, yes, I am a lesbian, yes, I am gay, I was in a relationship for goodness knows how many years, and uh, I'm still in love with this woman. But she didn't say anything. And yet I turn on Undercover Boss undercover boss, American version, where it's the bloke who runs a shipping line. I think it must be one of the Norway, uh, the the Norwegian cruise lines. And so he goes undercover to see how hard the staff work on these cruise ships. Now, I don't know if you know, but most staff on cruise ships work ten months off, then they get two months, ten months on, two months off. And he's introduced, they were trying to bring in eight months on. So for eight months, they're at sea. It's a fast turnaround. They have to work very hard. The reason they have to work hard on cruise ships is because they're working for tips. Working for tips. And he finds this woman who... Nobody knows who he is on the ship except this one woman. And uh, as he walks into the restaurant, pretending... Because they'd all heard that there was somebody on there who was making a film about working on cruise liners and he wants to be a waiter. He wants to see how difficult it is to be a waiter. And as he walks in there, she goes... It's Niles Horan, whatever his name was. I can't remember what it was. And he said to this woman, he said, "Um, hello, Peter so-and-so. And she went, I don't think so. And he said, he said, can I... He said, how do you know? She said, I served you once for dinner. You came on board one of the ships I was working on. And she said, I remember all my customers. So she remembered him. And he said, well, listen, can you keep it a secret from the rest of the crew, because I want to see how people cope, you know, with their jobs. And so she explained to him how difficult it was to work a cruise ship, where you've got to bring up trays from the kitchen, they had escalators going down into the bowels of the ship, bring up trays of the food, put it on there, clear it, be nice, because that's what you're working for, you're working for tips. And, and then he, he sat down with her and said, listen, so, you know, what can we do to improve things for you? She said, well, I'd like to be promoted internally because there's very little promotion within the company. I want to be able to feel that I've worked hard for the company. She said, because I'm thinking of leaving. And and then she she dropped this, what I thought was a bombshell on this programme. I've never heard it said before. She said, and my, my girlfriend and I, I you know, haven't seen each other for months and we want to get married this year. And he went, he took it all in his stride. Typical Norwegians, they take everything. Have you noticed? They take everything in their stride. Somebody can massacre 77 people. And in court they go, yes, yes, so here is Yes, OK, fine, fine. Anders, yeah, yeah well, fine, yeah, OK. So she was talking about this and he's saying, right, well, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. But some of the stuff that staff are expected to do, they said people go on holiday, they want a good time, but we don't want to do line dancing. I didn't. At one point, one of the one of the poor crew members had to get out a plastic ice rink. Nobody went ice skating on it. It's plastic, which they spray with something else, and it goes over the tennis court. It was a big waste of time. They've got all sorts of things on ships now because they're not designed for families. If you want to go, if you're a person about the age of 40, 45, and you don't want a cruise ship full of kids, don't go Royal Caribbean. Because they've got loads of young people on there and the ships cater for them, where they've got climbing frames and walls and this kind of stuff and that kind of stuff. If if you want a quiet ship, I'd go, you know, something like Saga, find something on Saga where it's just people who want to go on holiday, have some nice food, have some nice conversation, look at some pretty sights. You don't want to go on a ship that's full of activity. The only activity you want is maybe a small little band in the evening, a little bit of cabaret, somebody singing. That would be my ideal holiday. The idea that somebody's going, come on! You know, a bit like Heidi High. Today we're all going to dress up and have great fun. No, we're not. I don't want to do that kind of thing. So that would not be my sort of holiday. I'd be looking for the Fred Olsen cruising the Norwegian fjords. The fjords? We love the fjords, don't we? The fjords are very beautiful. But Fred Olsen do that, and it's a much more laid-back thing. Hopefully you wouldn't get too many kids. You get kids on a cruise, oh, dear, just ruins your life. Quarter to six. <laughs>
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: We use them to shop, organise our lives, get fit, even to listen to the radio. This morning on LBC 97.3, join Nick Ferrari at breakfast as he looks at the phenomenon of apps Thanks to the Sunday Times. He'll be joined by Karen Robinson, editor of the Sunday Times App List, to explore the way the rise of the app has changed our lives forever. Join him this morning from seven. I love apps. I keep finding new apps. I've people will, will write to me and they'll say, have you seen this new app? And I go, oh, right, I'll download that one. And you have to be very careful because there are lots of free ones which are not good. Not good. Even though it says free, kids have downloaded things, which unfortunately then start charging cards and, ooh, stuff like that. Susan Bookbinder with you after the news at... She, put, she, she bought me some very good stuff, actually, the other week. No, for Christmas. I can't remember what it was called, but it's, it's an eye pencil type thing, which has got liquid. It comes in a tube, so it looks like a mascara, but it's clear. And you put it under your... Apparently it's used by all the famous people. All the famous people. And you put it under your eye, a thin line, then you smooth it in, and then you stretch the skin down a little bit, hold it for three seconds, and then it sets, and it makes your... It gives your eyes a youthful appearance. A youthful appearance. And it's just quite good, actually. So I I, I liked it so much, I bought myself another one. And then I gave her something else from the same range. Because we're we're, we're we're both in that clinging on to the... The last vestiges of youth, I suspect. Well, probably more, more so me than, than her. But coming up on her programme, how much deposit to buy first home? £100,000? They were saying the other day, weren't they, 20,000... Sorry, 20% now would be the average. And so, for many people in London, as house prices rise, it's impossible to get on the ladder. You cannot afford to get on the ladder. Plus, the, uh, the Q4 GDP figures are out today. Our political editor, Tom Cheel, will be in the studio. Uh, the West End, most expensive for firms... And the reason it's most expensive, it's an attractive place to locate a business. But I should imagine some of the rents around Leicester Square must be astronomical. I do know, I can't tell you where it is or what it sells, because I don't want to identify it. But one of the rents on, on a very small place, a very small place, is a quarter of a million pounds a year. That's before you've done business rates. That's before you've paid staff, lighting, heating. Quarter of a million quid a year. And that's round here, because I suppose it's Leicester Square and there's a big passing trade. So what the... What, what the cafes have to pay, I've got no idea. But it must be absolutely enormous. Uh, 84850 says here, Duncan Bannatine, enough of thee can't give to charities, you have no money. I thought you were a financial expert. Oh, a fina- Yes, well, he is, I suppose. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how it works when it comes to divorce. I'm not very good at that. Uh, another one here says, Duncan Bannatine blocked me on Twitter years ago, saying I was jealous of his fortune. Yes, well, possibly. Uh, All these women, like Naomi Campbell, Beyoncé, Tina Turner, Alexandra Burke, uh, wear on their heads this thing called weave. They don't have their own hair, says Marianne. Well, they must have their own hair for something to weave into. We used to have a a producer, though, and she could do the same with her hair. One day it it was all plaited, and then the next day it looked like a huge bouffant thing. I just think, I I wish I could do that with my hair. I wish I could do that with my hair. Uh, If you saw the wolf you saw, if it had blue eyes, it was most likely a Russian husky. Says James. Mind you, he says I read they are the nearest relative to a wolf. Oh, it's definitely a wolf looking. It definitely looks. It, it definitely looks wonderful. It definitely looks wonderful. Uh, Claire says I saw the program and it was on the Norwegian epic. I cruise often. I've done Royal Caribbean, Independence of the Seas with the flow rider, massive ship, loads of people and kids. It was like butlins at sea. I highly recommend P&O. They have adult-only ships. They're British and have those finer touches, like the show. Yes, it was the kids. We had a woman on our... We went Royal Caribbean. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. The food was good. The food was good, but it's it's never as cheap as you think it is. But no money changes hands on board ship. They, They give you, like, a credit card. The moment you go on, you're photographed... And they give you this card, and you carry that with you, and you pay for everything with it. Or it gets charged to your room, so there's, there's no money changing hands on board the ship. You can buy duty-free, but you can't have it till the end of the voyage. It seems a bit ridiculous, otherwise you'd be drinking duty-free booze. You wouldn't be buying their stuff. But I liked it. The food was excellent. The food was really good. Uh, we had a nice time. We had a really nice time. Except some woman put her baby in the swimming pool and didn't wear a special swimming pool nappy. So the, because kids just, they don't know about not going to the toilet. Twice we had to have the swimming pool drained. Twice. We had noisy kids on the cruise, and they were in a cabin just down from me. They'd obviously, but what they do with these cruise liners, because they're so big, especially with Royal Caribbean, they're enormous, some of these things, is that they'll, they'll sell the ship out, so loads of people like me, you, and, you know, the next door neighbour buys it, and then they reduce the price, so they can, they'll just want to fill up the cabins. They just fill up the cabins and so they fill it up with sort of kids who are just interested in running around. You can eat 24 hours a day at the front of the ship. You can eat on your first night and you have to dress up. Well, I say you have to dress up on Royal Caribbean. They send you a checklist of what you're supposed to take with you, which would be a dinner jacket, a lounge suit or casual. On the first night, people pitched up into the dining room, and we all so that you're given an allocated table. They say, what do you want to eat at? Six o'clock or nine o'clock, whichever sitting you go for, and this is your table, OK? You will always be at this table. And because there were so many of us, we all got, the, we all got on the one table. So we all sit there, and you get your waiter, and that's your waiter for the voyage, and they will look after you. And we had loads of other people walking in, holding bottles of Budweiser and everything else, and that was the last time we ever saw them. That was the last time we ever saw these people. They disappeared. They all went to the front of the ship because there you didn't there was no dress code. Every day they would they would put a piece of paper on your bed telling you the dress code tonight is dinner jacket. So everybody wore wore dinner jackets. An excuse for ladies to dress up. That's that's you know that was how it worked. And it was good. But if you want a quiet cruise then I think definitely you would actually have to go for something like PO and adult cruise where it's it's just people of your own age. You just want to go there, sunbathe. I don't want to do line dancing. I don't want to jump up and down and pretend I'm a, a tree or something. I don't, I'm not interested. The only thing I found slightly peculiar on cruises, and I don't know if it's, it runs through the entire fleet of these cruise liners, is is that you'd come back and they'd rearrange a towel in a different shape. So you'd come back and the towel would be a swan on the bed. There'd always be two little chocolates, which was always great. It's only me in the room. Most of the time, and uh, so you'd have. A, and the last one was hilarious because they arranged the towel, two towels, as a monkey on a hanger over the bed. And then to cap it all, on the last day, just to really add insult to injury, they then had they did this thing. They sent this letter out saying, "You've probably all been really interested in the towels that the staff have been making into different shapes on your beds. So today we're having a towel folding class." And so people trooped along. We ended up playing bingo at one point, which was, very, which was very dull, but you end up doing that. I think the idea is, if you're going on a cruise, go somewhere pretty. If you're just at sea for most of the time, there's, not, there's nothing to look at. You're just looking at water. Water, 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 lots of it. And underneath, not just on the top. There's water all the way through. It, it's just acres of it. And you don't see anything for ages, so you get bored out of your mind. So you watch television, you read. There's loads of th- I suppose there's loads of things for you to do if you want to go and sit in the casino. And you can just sit up on deck, I suppose, and stare out to sea, but it's dreadfully boring different if you're doing the Norwegian fjords. That was okay. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Finally got early shifts back to get reacquainted with uh, your show again, says Jill in Sutton. When I started work, I would get up later and I would miss the show. Now I'm a new mum. Just brought the baby home yesterday. And as I'm holding this fussy one, I realise now, thanks to him, I've got my life back again, which is good, isn't it? Marisa says, why don't you like Dachshunds? I don't know. I I just don't like Dachshunds. There's something about them. I just see them as silly little dogs. I just, I just don't like them. those and corgis. But you don't see corgis very often, do you? Weaves destroy your own hair, says Sharon in Streatham. So once they start, they can't stop. I suppose you have to keep going, don't you? Unless you sort of pop wigs on or something like that. But there's loads of of shops that deal with black hair. It's a, spe- you know, it's it's specific craft and art to be able to weave black hair. In America, they have. These amazing things. I used to see it on the Ricky Lake show, where people would come. In. I think it was Ricky Lake, who's back incidentally on British television. And it's it, they would weave the hair into the most amazing shapes with fans and think, just unbelievable. I think it's called hair weaving. I think it's called hair weaving. I, I don't know what what what, well, what the purpose of it is, but it used to look fairly good, and I, I was interested in it. I was interested. I should sit there, look at these things. Think it's it's a bit like wearing a giant wig on your head. You couldn't really actually go outside with it, because it might all fall apart. Interesting to hear you talk about your dream of your neighbour last night. Research has shown that apparently we only dream about faces we've seen before, so that may explain why dreams often feature people we know. As for me, I hardly ever remember my dreams. It would help if I was a better sleeper, says Marilyn. Yes, uh, well, I mean, I do. I I do occasionally remember my dreams, but I now can't remember, because it's now been a few hours, whether or not my neighbour... Feature, whether it was a hotel lobby or whether it was because there appeared to be a bed in it, I told you it was odd. I told you it was odd. I don't want to. I don't want to go into it because it's frightening me a little bit. <laughs> I am trying to stay well away from it at the moment. But it's odd when we talk about dreams. I remember doing a programme on dreams on LBC, and we had a dream analyst in, somebody who interpreted what your dream meant. You know, whether it's a fear of flying or a fear of falling off buildings or a fear of being naked in public. You know, there are all sorts of things that frighten people about dreams. But I tell you, having a, having a cheese and pickle sandwich before you go to bed, you're guaranteed a dream. Guaranteed. Uh, Neil says, The Mission. My mum loved Jeremy Irons and the music, bless her. We played Gabriel's oboe at her funeral. Such a beautiful, moving piece of music. It always makes me cry. I will have to play it today. It's lovely. I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing Jeremy Irons. He's got a new film out and he'll be coming in for In Conversation. I bought myself an orchid once. My ex-girlfriend was convinced that some girl aborted me and poisoned it with bleach. Says Adrian, "That's the trouble. People get jealous." That's what I came to the conclusion. That's all the Jeremy Kyle show is. It's jealous people who go on there and complain about you've been sleeping with so and so, you've been doing this and that. I had to turn it off the other day. It was far too dreary. On the subject of sandals, it's uh, it is for people like Jordan, says one here. They monopolise and destroy the Caribbean. Yes, I mean, it's Jordan complaining about the fact that her wedding was uh, ruined. There were pictures of skyscrapers. But then you think, you know, if you were an intelligent person, then you would check out beforehand, wouldn't you? Don't just go by what dreary old Michelle Heaton says. She doesn't know anything. Can't ask Michelle Heaton for stuff like that. On the subject of Michael Winner. Uh, very nice of you to say kind things about Michael Winner, says Richard. But I remember he was very rude to you about your weight. Yeah, but I take all that on the chin. I don't care about things like that. And we are running Michael Winner again. It was an hour interview. We've cut it down to twenty minutes. We've taken out all the bits where he talks about his will and uh, and all sorts of things like that that just seemed a bit inappropriate. It was a very good interview, and that will run for in conversation this Sunday on ninety seven point three. News at six is coming up now. <laughs>
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning. We'll have a... uh, In about ten minutes' time, we'll have a little clip for you. Two little clips. One of Michael Winner, the late Michael Winner, who we're running again this Sunday as part of In Conversation, as a tribute to him, because he was was a, a little sweetie... And he came into the studio and we did an hour with him, which was quite a long time, actually. I remember he, he came in, in in his slippers, which I thought was quite good. And I thought, we've got to go down this corridor. We went, oh, it's a long way, isn't it? I thought, it is really, actually. But he made it and he was very good and very gracious. So we'll be talking to him and also to Sarah Millican, who's going to be featuring as well this Sunday for In Conversation. Uh, the traveller story from Meriden reminded me. Meriden is the place in the UK that is furthest from any coast, every other Place in the UK is closer to a coast in a straight line than Meriden. That's how it's, This is the place where they've got the travellers. Not a lot of people know that, says Jeremy and Weybridge. Well, we do now. Thank you very much indeed. Alan says, Waitrose has become the latest supermarket dragged into the horse meat scandal as it admits withdrawing burgers from its shelves. I think everybody has done it as a precaution, haven't they? I think people seem to be just erring on the side of caution. Whether or not they've had any association with this place, there is the, there is the danger that stuff could get into the food chain, and so they, so they end up checking it all out. I suppose they have to do that, just in case somebody has an allergic reaction to it. But if we've been eating it for years then it quite clearly doesn't make any difference at all, because it hasn't made any difference to me, it hasn't made any difference to you. And if, as they say, we have been eating it for a long, long time, it's obviously been in the food chain. I'm more worried in case there were, there were steroids or something else in it, but they do check for this stuff. It's how it actually gets into the food chain that worries me. Neil says, I love my orchids. Had some for years. It's worth buying the special orchid, li- orchid liquid feed. He says, roll on the summer. I hope we get one this year. I said that the other day. I did say to somebody, I said, I know we haven't had winter through yet, but do you think we're going to have a nice summer this year? Because it's quite miserable. The skies are a bit missy at the moment. It's not, and it makes you feel a bit down. And if you've, you know, if you've got a lot of sort of things, a lot of worries and things preying on your mind, then you're probably getting even lower than low at the moment. You need some sunshine to boost you up a little bit. Little Ellie, says Neil, is very excited. We're coming to the magic circle again. Bless her. i will have to find something else. I'll have to find something else for her. I think I, I can manage that. And a certificate to say that it was Ali Bongos as well, because our first show at the Magic Circle, our charity show, is sold out. That's uh, fully booked, and that's on March the second, which is what is it? A month away? Something like that? A bit of a bit of a month away? And you get to come to the Magic Circle. Uh, you can have a look around, go to the museum downstairs, look at all the lovely posters, look at all the magical apparatus, and you can have a cup of tea in the in the club room, and then you get some close-up magic. And then it's upstairs into the theatre for a theatre show, which I shall be hosting. And all the money goes to charity. You can go to the Magic Circle website, which I think is magiccircle.co.uk, because we've put an evening show on at 7 o'clock. For those people who said it was a shame that you did one at 2.30, because I can't make it in the afternoon. I'm working, but I could come in the evening. So there's one at 7 o'clock, if you fancy coming down and singing. It should be in good company. There'll be lots of, lots of LBC listeners who will be down there as well. Uh, Jackie says, good morning, Steve. Only two more sleeps until the Crumblies meet in London for a nice Chinese meal. Percy the Duckling will not be on my menu. He says, uh, morning to all of them. I hope Dinah has not slept in today. <laughs> Do you know, I actually, when I woke up this morning, I seriously wanted to sleep in. It's the first time I've ever wanted to sleep I was so warm, and I've taken to turning the... I put the heating on in the afternoon, turn it off for a go to sleep, because you cannot leave the heating on overnight. You wake up and you cannot... you cannot breathe. You cannot breathe at all. 84850. Are you still maintaining your allegiance with all things Waitrose? If so, have you come across any special new foodstuffs or products, says Paul? No, nothing at all. I mean, I just, I do spend time... It sounds a bit odd, doesn't it, really? You know when you go to a supermarket and it's not something like Tesco's or Aldi or Sainsbury's or anything like that, but you go to Waitrose, they seem to have more specialist stuff on the shelves. So when they've got jams, there'll be a whole aisle of different jams. It might be the same in other supermarkets. I've, I don't know. I've never, never wandered up and down other supermarkets. But you look at all these jams and you think, God, what a bewildering array. It's like trying to find shampoo, isn't it? You just want shampoo. I just want to wash my hair. But is my hair dry, lank, lacklustre? You know, damaged by frost, permafrost or otherwise. Is it sun bleach? I mean, I, I go round it. I just want to pick up a bottle of shampoo and walk out with it. Well, not walk out with it. I want to pay for it, quite clearly. I don't want to walk out with it. Um, 84850. Uh, also, lots of uh, scam emails coming out at the moment via PayPal to divulge account details. And warning your account may become inactive. As I've said a million times before... Anything that purports to come from a bank, or a building society, or PayPal, or your doctor, they're all scams. Even though they look very genuine, it'll say, somebody's tried to access your account, we need to go into it and check if you can supply your passwords. Ignore it. If you're a silver surfer, you're probably way ahead of the game. You just ignore stuff like that, and you just delete it. You just delete it. Lewin Kent says lots of snow on its way tonight. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Although this weekend, I've got a light weekend. I'm I'm determined not to do anything this weekend. Next weekend, busy weekend. Uh, Patricia says, going on a cruise is the naffest thing. All those well-off Westerners being luxuriously waited on by low-paid third-world workers. Um, the tr- they make quite a lot of money. It, it's quite lucrative for these people. It's, in fact, it's very lucrative. Very lucrative. Paul says, I do a cruise drive holiday many times a year. Woolwich Ferry out and the Blackwall Tunnel home. Thank you. Is the fan still under the desk? No, they moved it actually yesterday. Because apparently they have moved it. Yeah, because apparently Nick Ferrari kicked it as well. <laughs> uh, I'm a Waitrose partner. No horse in our burgers. Well, they've taken a lot off, haven't they? But I think that's just something done as a precaution. Hair sculpting, it's called. Says Sharon. Where you where you take black people's hair and they do it and they w- it looks it looks so intricate. It it really. Do- I think actually. If you go to a hairdresser that specialises in black hair, it's it's like a social event, isn't it? People sit down there, probably have drinks and cups of tea and everything else. Uh, my girlfriend booked a cruise last year. We didn't realise until we were on board it was clothes optional. Oh dear. A nude cruise? Crikey. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Blimey. Quite, quite frightened me now. Uh, the good news is Shirley McLean is coming back to Downton Abbey. So they've announced that the other day, Julian Fellows, and they've just found a painting spotted in a pri. I love this. I thought it was just spotted in somebody's house, but in a private sitting room at Lambeth Palace, which has been identified as a portrayal of Catherine of Aragon and reunited with one of her husbands, Henry VIII, after nearly 500 years. He was a horrible man, wasn't he, Henry VIII? Didn't like him at all. Oh, ghastly old man. They should have executed him, but he died horribly. So that was good news all round, I suppose. If he didn't like somebody. You just had them executed, and there was a poem that went along with it. Somebody have to send it in to me. I can't remember exactly what the poem was. So You could work out who lived and who died. Dorst, divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. Is that what it is? Can you remember who the people were though? Catherine Aragon was divorced. Anne Boleyn was beheaded. Jane Seymour was she she died after childbirth. That's right. She gave him the son that he wanted. Then you've got Catherine Parr. She survived, we think. Catherine Howard was... Was she executed? We think she was beheaded. And then Anne of Cleves was sent back. Yes, she was She was not at all attractive, poor soul. So that's what it was. One of them was, was very young, who was beheaded. Was that Anne... No, it wasn't. I'm sure... Was it Anne Boleyn? Who was that... Catherine Howard, I think, was was very young because she'd had an affair with Thomas Culpepper. And Thomas Culpepper was executed outside the Tower of London, where it was the public beheadings. People miss that. If you go over the road, there's just a plaque, which is where the scaffold was. And thousands of people... Thomas Culpepper was beheaded. We were never sure if it was a setup, anyway. And they brought his body back in, minus the head, past the window where she was waiting her own execution. And then she was taken out, they they erected. And I think they're all buried in St Peter Unvincula. Unvincula? St Peter Atvincula? One of the, it's the, the church inside the Tower of London. We were a bit bloodthirsty. There was no hangings, were there? It was all beheadings. I think the hangings took place at Tyburn, where they would do mass hangings, and then inside the Tower of London for those people. And Henry VIII was just off, uh, you know, shoving his face with more food. So so glad he died of horrible things, and he died screaming in agony. So pleased. Quarter past six.
0: LBC 97.3. London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, 6.20. Friday morning, the most exciting thing about the day is the fact that we'll have a result over this weekend for Big Brother. And I think it's going to be Ryland who's going to win because Channel 5 are definitely grooming him because he's got a TV show coming up, as have, have the two dreary Americans. So I think that's a foregone conclusion. It's a bit of a fiddle, really, because they've been allowing him out of the Big Brother house because he's rehearsing for the X Factor tour. So it makes a complete mockery, unfortunately, of the of the whole series. Part of rubbish, as far as I'm concerned. Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 as a new report reveals that by 2020, owning a house in London will be an impossible dream. Nick will want to know, is that really the case? How did you get on the property ladder? Plus, do you believe the statistics that says crime has gone down? Do you feel safer in London? All that plus a full review of the day's newspapers. Mark uh, Watts, editor-in-chief for the investigative website Exaro News, will be in the studio to go through the papers. Now, this coming Sunday morning... In conversation, we have one of our most successful female comedians, Sarah Millican, who's never off the TV... But she's still prone to extreme nerves before performing, as you will now hear. When I did the Royal Variety, I did it a few years ago, and that was terrifying. They were just about to, to sort of push me out to go and do my bit, and somebody noticed that I had a rash uh, building up my neck, and they had to go and take me into the room where the, um, where the makeup was, uh, like the makeup room where they were busy spray,
0: uh, spray tanning the dancers, and just paint my neck like it was like emulsion, because I was just... I just had such a nervous rush in like just i 'll well, be that. fine i 'll
1: be fine and then moments before they just dragged me off and painted my neck and pushed me out again okay. <laughs> I love that cut when do you get hold of that emulsion that 's what I want to know. You do get that. Have you noticed some it 's a flush that comes just me again, just me i don't get it, I don 't know because i 've got my buttons done up, but I mean if you're a lady that's something worrying. you can check more of Sarah Milliken on Sunday. We will of course also be paying tribute. Mr Michael Winner, who passed away at the beginning of the week, will be bringing you a selection from the interview he did with us back in 2009. Here he is talking about the heyday of Leicester Square. Leicester Square
0: (laughs) was like the high society point of London. Next to the Odeon Leicester Square was a club called the 400, which was the poshest club in London. You had to wear evening dress to get in. You couldn't even go in a suit and tie. You had to wear full evening dress. Wow. And that's what Leicester Square was in the old days, when you could drive the car up to the Empire Cinema, park right outside the box office and walk in. Now you can't get the car anywhere near. No, it is true. It I, I actually can. You, you get a, you're allowed to get a car in, Steve? I, I can
1: get the car in the Square, Well, yes. have you got a badge, have you? Uh, no, you, you just push the thing and say Steve Allen, and uh, the the little barriers go down, well, can and I, in I, have, I go. Can
0: I have the code, please? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> There you go. That clip bringing about some good memories of a, a great interview. I've, I know I say that, but, I mean, he was, he, was on, he was on good form. He really was the late, great Michael Winner. So make sure you tune in this Sunday morning from 6am on LBC 97.3. Let's finally look through the... I'll do some more of the, uh, the texts and emails. Clear those ones up for you for today. Paul says, I worked on a nude cruise. Oh, I can't read that one. It's a far too rude. I didn't know there were such... that. Well, actually, I did, but I didn't know they went from this country. Um... The papers uh, are saying, (laughs) yes, about Tesco again. Thank you. Uh, Would love to have listened to the homeopathy show. Yes, we used to do a lot on homeopathy. This was after somebody the other day said they didn't think homeopathy worked. And, well, I've got thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people, who actually testify to the fact that it does work. It does work for them. More people saying that there's uh, snow on the way, I'm afraid which is a bit of a shame. Daily Express on the front page, they're talking about the stars who say that women should cover up and stay sober. Uh, Victoria Pendleton, Joanna Lumley. They're also... They're, they're, what they're saying is we don't want to see any more drunk women being sick. Unfortunately, it sends out the wrong message to everybody. It's not nice. It's, it's the kind of thing you learn, I think, as you get older. You can, we can all walk through certain areas of where we live and look at drunk people behaving badly outside a pub, outside a bar, outside a shop, outside a kebab place, just, just about anywhere, and it's generally due to alcohol abuse, I'm afraid. I mean, I, we have to go through it every day, because Leicester Square, really gravitates around here and Piccadilly Circus, and there's loads of drunks, and it's people who then stagger home on the night bus. I wouldn't want to drive a night bus for love nor money, I really wouldn't. Pudsey is getting his paws on a mega Hollywood deal... They're determined to milk this one for as much as they can. We've had the autobiography of of Pudsey. Now you're going to get the film made by Simon Cowell. And that will be, I mean, people will go and see it, won't they? Because I I don't know whether it's just going to be a film about Pudsey or whether it's going to be a film with, uh, with sort of story in it. So it becomes a little bit like Lassie or something like that. But let's face it, the the dancing dog phenomenon, and we're bound to have another one coming up on Britain's Got Talent. They're filming at the moment. There's got to be a dancing dog somewhere. I'd rather see something else, though. Would you rather see a troop of mice, you know, dancing on their back legs? That'd be more interesting. I was trying to work out the other day. I, I've seen Norman uh, Barrett's budgie act. He takes it round with Zippo Circus. And I've often wondered how you train budgies to do these things, because they're so fun, they've got little minds of their own, you think, and yet whenever I've had a budgie, they just sat there in a cage and looked a, looked a bit deadly dull, I'm afraid. Uh, flashy Charlie Morgan, 17, the ball boy, booted by Eden Hazard, is a spoilt rich kid, set to inherit a £42 million pound fortune. Well, he's a rather silly little person, whichever way you look at him, I couldn't care less whether he's due to inherit. It wouldn't have made the slightest difference to me on whether or not he was going to inherit any money. It's the fact he was badly behaved, and he needs a good slap on the back of his legs, I'm afraid. Norrie says, looking forward to the in-conversation this weekend. Snow forecast here tonight. Oh, I don't want to hear any more snow reports, thank you, Norrin. She says, oh, have a good weekend. I was going to go and get the car washed. Going to go and get the car washed. And, uh, and what was that about bailiffs this morning? They're going to bring in new regulations, Mark. They're going to bring in uh, regulations on where you can go to. I don't think it covers you if you're just picking up cars. If You're picking up cars and stuff like that i don 't think it 's going to affect you. This is other bailiffs you know these sheriffs, the ones who go around and execute warrants and stuff like that. mudge you, you might do that i don 't know. I just thought that you that you collected cars um regarding the news studio. Why is the overnight presenter doing his show from the control room because he self ops he, he self operates that 's why matthew it's it 's a technical term this self operation of of a of a studio of a studio is it bad back. Oh, Lord, I've had that before. Diclofenic you need. Diclofenic. That's a, a relaxant for muscles. Get it on prescription from your doctor. Sorry, discussing bad backs, I've had. If if you get pain in your life, there's either the two bits of pain that are worse. One is toothache with an abscess, and the other is back pain. Back pain is the worst ever. And you can really. I remember clinging onto a lamppost, I know, outside my doctor's surgery, looking like for all the world. and Because all of a sudden you sit in, and all of a sudden it, you get this ricochet of pain, and you don't have to move anything. But diclofenic is the stuff you need. I'm an expert on it. Believe you me, I've had more bad backs than most other people. Diclofenic. Okay, you get that from the. I think there's, you can buy it over the counter in another name in The Chemist. I should, should check with Mr. Shah. You've got it, have you? Oh, right, it's not working. Oh, Lord, honestly, I feel for you this morning. i was trying to remember the name of the eye cream as well earlier on that uh, that uh, she bought me for Christmas. I use it every day now. I'm quite addicted to this stuff. I think I look 15 years younger. You mustn't laugh. Transform your eyes. Transformulus. Transformulus. Oh, right, Transformulus. Thank you. 20s, oh, I've got, I've got to finish. We've got to finish now. Good Lord, honestly, I didn't have a chance to tell you about The Sun. On the front page this morning, it's Katie Price complaining about sandals. Uh, also, people have been having a little bit of Rumpy Pumpy up the Shard which is uh, not the kind of story we want to read on a Friday morning, is it? Uh, the former ice cream girl who wrote the Prime Minister's speech. Claire Fogus is the key number 10 speech writer. And also nearly half of all babies now born to women aged 30 or over. So now you know. I'm doing a break. I'm doing a break. I'm going as fast as I can. Goodness sake, I not uh, We'll have a free podcast for you up in 30 minutes. Do join us on Sunday morning for In Conversation. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Allen show. You can find out about podcasts if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Best of Steve Allen and In Conversation, Sunday morning starting at 5 until 7 o'clock. Have a great weekend. I hope the snow doesn't come down. Nick and the team with you after the news
0: at 7 o'clock this morning, next on LBC 97.3. The Morning News with Susan Bookbinder.